Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Three from Hepburn, and he hits it! Toss, half court. Oh, it nearly goes! Jackson Davis! Second one, Thompson. No good. They're going to have a chance. Two seconds. One second. Oh, Dickinson didn't see it! Michigan turns it over! For three, no. Try from deep and a big shot for Nemhard. Ryan Nemhard with three more. It's been a good big man battle tonight. Oh, the heavyweight fight has been good. It's rounds around, pounds a pound. Lawrence, quick three is good for Jamarcus Lawrence. Big man run on the floor, dish in the corner. Lawrence open. Lawrence gets the roll. Austin got it back. Lawrence will try from the corner and he hits his fifth from deep. I was you welcome me in on a Monday. No manic crap going on around here on coffee and cream in the morning. I'm getting a smidge of an echo, but uh, as you find folks know, that's just DB air probably. <laughs> I'll, I'll get it figured out. That that little chuckle you hear is my my ace, Ravi Lula, filling in for... Andrew Uncle Ruru Rogers, who is on the mend. Still probably a couple days out, but we're getting there. We're making progress, man. Good morning. How are you? Man, I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm good, man. A lot. Like, this is one of those days where you're just not going to get to it all. Yeah. It was a it was a busy weekend. It's, it's, a, it's a lot. There's a lot going on, man. A lot going on. You had... Big Ten wrestling at UFC, those are kind of the Olympic sports that I was gravitating towards all weekend. Baseball was good, softball, of course, college hoops. I'm recording the NFL Combine still. Are you a big Combine guy? I'm a big Combine Dude, so guy. So am I. I love the Combine. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, big, I'm a big NFL Combines guy. I, I like, like the differing opinions. Um and it appears we joked about this last week. Mm-hmm. It appears the Richardson thing is like real. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I get it. I, but it's real. I mean, I get it, but I also don't get it. No, you know what I mean, like oh, we have yeah. a really long track record. Yeah. Oh, I of know. This not working out. Oh, I know. And then we have like one dude where it worked out. I know. So yeah. now we're like, hey, it worked out once. Obviously, we have to try this again. It is. Uh, I don't know, man. We. So uh, we'll get to that. We've got college hoops, obviously. A lot obviously. of college hoops. What a 
You know me. Like, that's where I was living. Like, that's once <laughs> the calendar turns to March, yeah. and, like, the, I am, I'm holed up in my office. I got the multiple screens rocking. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's where I live. Spent uh, a lot of my time in Lincoln for a multitude of reasons. No, I was not. Hanging out with Coach Rule, if you want to ask, didn't want did just didn't want to stop. Oh no, he was he was in, he was in uh, <laughs> he 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 went out of town real quick to celebrate his little girl's tenth birthday. Uh, matter of fact, what is today the seventh? It is the sixth. Tomorrow is the seventh. Yeah, so tomorrow is his daughter's birthday. So nice. make sure there you go. And I because I know you're a big I know you're a big Nebraska football fan. Actually, I, it's funny how people think you really aren't. And I'm like, he really grew up a fan. He just doesn't like bad coaching. <laughs> I really don't like bad coaching. I, and here's the man. I, I really, am I throwing you too big of a softball on a Monday no, morning? No, like it's because it's more complicated than people think. Yeah. For me, it is because, and I don't even know if you know this. Part which, of the, which part? Well, do tell. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if I've been with you when I've when I've kind of told this story. About my whole like history with with Behringer, Brooke. yeah. Oh no, I've heard. I always, I usually always listen to you. So unfortunately, part, unfortunately, I don't know what you ever. Part of the, part of the issue I had was, like after Brooke died, like I had a really hard time. Mm-hmm. Like it felt weird to be a Nebraska fan and be like mourning this guy that I, I knew but didn't really know. Mm-hmm. And so that was weird. So my, my relationship with, with with Husker football after his death was pretty complicated. That's funny how you say that, your relationship with football. I mean, it's a thing, right? Yeah. Like, you oh, invest sure. time and money oh, sure, and, sure. and emotional energy into it. Like, we don't like to put it that way. Big, big, big football energy. But you have a relationship with Nebraska football, whether you like it or not. And let's be honest, it's been rocky for a while now. <laughs> Like, we need to get some marriage counseling <laughs> it's, with it's, our relationship with Husker football. It's not you, it's me. I think it's everybody, right? <laughs> we're, not, we're not communicating clear expectations, <laughs> you know, yeah. things like that, like important parts of a relationship. Oh, I get it. And so, but for me, because I had that moment where my, you know, you know I, got, I got my heart broken when Brooke died, like a lot of people did, whether they knew him or not. Yeah. Oh, and for sure, for sure, for sure. Because he was that kind of guy that had that kind of impact on on people and the state and whatever. And so, since then, when a team is not—I don't want to say team because that makes it sound like I'm talking about the players. When the coaching is not likable, I really, really struggle because I, I've seen what it can be, and more than just on the field, right? That's why. We were talking about this with Dr. Elza on Friday, right? Hey, how you? I don't know if you go back and listen oh, to yeah. things. Uh, as much as I can. She was fantastic. So good. So like, good. And it had very little to do with us. Well, I, you know, and she did like on a, you know, she did, she did like our lines of questioning. Like I that, think I know. she appreciated that we kind of got what their purpose is here. Because yeah. we weren't asking a lot of, I think we asked maybe a couple like football questions. We asked a lot of people questions. Yeah, she's uh, – I can't remember the verbiage she used. A little bit of it was above my vernacular. But <laughs> I think she appreciated the depth. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but that's, She sent Shane a nice note. Did she send you a nice note, Shane? By the way, good Monday morning to you, buddy. 
Good morning. Yes, she did. Yeah. 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 It was. She sent a fire and corn emoji. <laughs> there we. She's getting her. She's getting her. Matt, her, her emoji, yeah, her Matt Rule emoji. Yeah. The, the, Do the, they take like a class when they get hired? Hey, it's listen. Like, hey, em- emojis. Is- <laughs> emojis one on one. But that's part of the reason I root. I'm kind of Kool Aid drinking with Matt Rule right now. Like we were talking about. It's like we don't want to be the Kool Aid drinker, but it's really hard not to be right mm-hmm. now with this staff and the way they're going about their business. Part of the reason I am that way is because I've seen the way Nebraska football can impact people's lives, not just on the field and they're winning and it's awesome and national championships and whatever, but I've seen the way – I mean, it's easy even, you know, they just did the, the Team Jack fundraiser, right? Yeah. It's, you can even go to things like that in the not-so-distant past. I know. Everybody was comparing and contrasting. I spent so much time in Lincoln these last couple of days. I was hearing, like, it, it, it's just weird how – I and I'm I'm mad at you, but I'm not mad at you in the same vein. You when you asked me, because it was a jumping off part for some pretty deep conversations. Yeah, you're yeah. like, "Why, well, hey, man? Is it just because it's been so bad? Like, is it the natural compare and contrast?" Right. Yeah. But guess what? I heard the bulk of my time that I'm in Lincoln. It the was comparing and contrasting. Comparing and contrasting. I think. Well, we never saw yeah. this, and he did this, and we we never saw this contingency of the staff doing this at this place, yeah. and and. So I understand, but yeah. you know me, it doesn't fit my personality, right? Because right. I'm one of those guys that I'm just not – I don't need a pound of flesh. I'd rather move on. If if it's in, if I can't go back and get it, yeah. like I'm moving on. Because, you can't go back and do anything about it. Yeah, man, because you, you're talking to a guy. Listen, that lit was a, was, a, was a prisoner of his own shoddy decision-making sure. for for four or five years like i'm not going back there yeah like let's go forward i'm just not going back there so but it was it was crazy but it's all it's a and it's a but it's a different dynamic when you're the victim of other people's decision making and it's hard honestly i think that's harder to get past you know a whole funny checkers and chess thing what's that so you know i always have to like i'm trying really hard the holes on my calendar are so minuscule. Yeah, you have. You're, you're barely you might, getting water. You're barely getting any liquid to sift out of there. I'm. Yeah. I, I'm so. You tight might be with, the busiest person I know. I'm, but I'm so. I'm guarding my. I'm guarding my emotions and my mind with this staff so tight. Like I'm looking for anything, any reason to not like them, mm-hmm. right? I'm just not, yeah. especially when you could potentially have a family member involved. You're like, sure. oh man, four or five years here, three or four years, whatever. So, I'm not saying I don't want to like him, but I'm just saying I'm going to be I'm fairly You're critical, being, which is yes, which is why I, I I'm I'm way past the cert, the topical stuff. So we're having this conversation yeah. on Friday mm-hmm. with 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 Coach Rule, talking about birthday parties and stuff like that, and and uh, we're just talking whereabouts. I'm like, hey, you know, still down in Lincoln, watching my daughter. They'd taken a tough loss to Lincoln High. So no big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Hang up the phone. 25 minutes later, a particular coach calls. He says, hey, did you bring the whole fam down? I said, yeah, I got the whole fam. Mm-hmm. This was just in – but we talked about a ton of other things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, did you bring the whole fam down? Yeah, the whole fam's here. 945 <laughs> on, 945 on my way back to Omaha. <laughs> I hear my kid talking in the back seat, <laughs> and he used to use my car, and it goes to Bluetooth. Yeah. So I heard the initial 
hey, this is such and such. Yeah. Man, he spends 20 minutes on the way back talking to a staff member. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, is this a checkers or a chess moment? First of all, who's calling at 945 at night? Did you know that we were in the car on our way back? I mean, probably. You could probably is, figure. That's a, is, that's a, that's a chess moment, yeah. right? You're like, ah, I've got a captive audience. Who, but who does that, though? That was three hours earlier we were having this conversation. Yeah. That's, those are the things that get me to think, like, come on, man. Like, uh, coincidence? No, there's, that's not a coincidence. No, because there's too many things like that. Yeah. Right. Like that's a real specific example that like only people like you have that are in your situation. But there's too many things even for public perception. But you realize like he's doing something else entirely with the fam. Yeah. Like you're, you're preoccupied. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> but it's still yeah. on the it's still. That's why you when you ask me the question about how often is Matt Rule the smartest person in the room? And I said. Probably more often than not, <laughs> but he doesn't act that way. Yeah. It's stuff like that because he can genuinely be present somewhere, yeah. but still take these little morsels of information and be like, oh, I can use that later to build that's, more relationships. And, and so, and you know me, see, I'm so weird. I like to get inside the mind, right? Like, yeah. I want to be a profiler. So, like, when I'm talking Big to criminal minds, yeah. Guy. So, like, <laughs> I, I'm always looking for. And, and so one of the things that I think is interesting is, and I've said this, and I'm going to keep saying this until they prove me wrong, mm -hmm. his ability to process real time, mm -hmm. assess, be listening, but be thinking of the next move is unbelievable. Yeah, it's that ability to be present where you are, but still process where you want to be going yeah. or what's next, oh. right? Like it's a, it's a thing that really high-level executives have at, you know, Fortune 500 companies or, wh or whatever because you have to have your mind on 100 different things at the same time, but you also have to be incredibly present for the one thing right in front of you, and not very many people are good at that. It reminds me a little bit of uh, on a smaller scale. Of, I remember I used to say that about Coach Frank. Formerly head coach at Omaha West Side, where I'm like, you'd be a miserable person to play cards with, <laughs> right? Because you get to get the sense like when he's talking yeah. to you, he's processing information yeah. rapidly. He has a very good sense of recall, and you'll hear about it like two weeks later, and you had no idea he was paying attention. Right. So you're like, yeah, I don't want to play cards with that guy. <laughs> yeah, because he's just the reads, right? Well, and you can't say anything. Offhand, right? Because everything means something to him, and he's going to use it, whether for or against you. He's going to use it, right? So I like, I like, I like being around people like that, just because I think you can, you have a chance to learn. Huge weekend, man! Congratulations to Southeast Missouri State and Fairly Dickinson and uh, all those U automatic qualifiers. U Drake, U our UNC guy Drake. Asheville, yeah, Kennesaw State. I was going to save them for last. Oh, my bad, my bad. Drake. No, no, no. It's Jump listen, the gun man. a little no, bit. No, me and you, man, we just talked. I, man, I was just watching that game, and I was like. <laughs> and plus, I think we're both Team DeVries. Yeah, 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 for sure. He, and that was a whooping. Dude, they're, 
He's he's fantastic. They've won twenty five straight games in or twenty five games in three straight seasons. They've how, never law they've never won fewer than twenty with him as their head coach. How about Tucker's accolades? He's he's, he's officially the man. He's okay. Definitely doesn't make me mad that he's not at Creighton ever. <laughs> oh, I gotta go play for my dad, whatever. <laughs> Guess what? We've seen that before, Tucker. Hey, but you know what though? It, this may be the poor man's version, yeah. And we'll see what happens with the transfer market, and that's a whole nother conversation because I think they're going to get at least be in position to get a guy. That's kind of like a Tucker two point a little bit. Uh, um, but you have you have a t- you have a similar version of him sitting on your bench redshirting, uh, and his name is Jason Green. Oh, okay. N- now he doesn't necessarily have the sc- the go-get-a-bucket mentality that, yeah. that TD does. I don't know that his skill set's quite as advanced. Well, I, I know one thing. he Very comparable in terms of ball handling for a big. Yes. You'll be amazed when you watch Jason Green. Oh, I watched him a lot at Miller North. So, But you know what? That was a shell of who he's capable of being. I'm no, dead serious. I, I like, think so. I, I agree. So I think the biggest difference, and again, I'm not one guy's going to be a, a couple of times – Conference Player of the Year, right. Callen, yeah. and one guy's redshirted. Yeah. But at the same age, this is like in high school, yeah. the only real difference was the was the scorer's mentality. Sure. Tucker had the green light to go get buckets. JG was playing with Hunter and Saint. Yes. Yeah, the, the environment in which they came up through their high school was very different. Yeah. Because Jason, like you said, had these Power 5, Division One, uh, you know, guys on his team. Yeah. He was he deferred to them a lot until his senior year, which that's why I was so surprised that they won state his senior year because I didn't realize how much more to his game there was. Oh, we got into a knockdown until drag. Hunter and and Saint left, and that's nothing against Hunter and Saint. We, Those no, guys we were got awesome, into right? it but, wasn't a knockdown drag out. I was we were watching Lincoln High and Miller North on Friday night, and Saint and Oklahoma Tyler were sitting right behind us. Oh, nice and. So we just all of a sudden got into like historical context of Nebraska high school basketball and prowess, and mm-hmm. Saint was kind of critiquing his teams and basketball. Then I drop air quotes to basketball now, even though it was only a couple of years ago. Yeah, and I mean, just you saying that he's like ranking those three years in a row that they made those runs, mm-hmm. and that was just three years ago. <laughs> Right, yeah. and we're still talking about yeah. When you're comparing one group of seniors, multiple years to rank the degree of proficiency, that was a good stretch. Yes, we're not even going back past 2018, and we're just talking <laughs> Miller North basketball, right? And the whole thing that started the conversation was T. Somebody at what was it? Timos. Somebody asked. Maybe we're just – no, it was Saint that asked out loud because, you know, Bellevue West is in position to go undefeated. Yeah, like, if they yeah. want to win a state title, they will have gone undefeated. Yeah. So we were asking about historical context in terms of, of best ever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, no. Cer- certainly not in the top ten of teams that I've seen from a talent standpoint. I would say the talent is where the first thing I thought of was just top-end talent. Is but then we there. got into this argument about yeah. doing things relative to who you're playing against. Sure. And, I, and I get that. Yeah. But when you talk historical context, you have to talk historical relevance. Yes. And Coach Woodard would probably slap my hand because they haven't even tipped. Ain't nothing happened yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
like nothing's happened yet. But anyway, on a on a similar note, man, congratulations uh, to the young ladies who cut down the nets yep. Uh, yep. in in Lincoln. I I think the the Brett Prince verdict is out. She She's pretty is, good. She, she, <laughs> listen, she's unbelievable. What she have like thirty on thirteen shots? Uh, listen, I've been watching her do it since uh, f- forever. Yeah, I watched her walk into a Kiwit gym in the city championship against Kiwit against my daughter and single handedly go for like thirty four. Yeah, in a forty two point something total game. Right, so that's hard. I've, to do. I've seen her act for a long. I long think our time. guy, uh, what Padilla said. You know, there. I think she's because she's tenth in the country. To yeah, ESPN top ten or, or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I'd like to see the other nine. Yeah, it's like it. <laughs> I'm not saying they're bad players, but they they got to be something else to be. They have nine better than her. Yeah, Pender gets it done. That was they were my dark horse to win it in C two. Uh, Millard South. I saw Coach Meyer. Yeah. I saw Bryce yesterday. He was coaching his son over at the Fieldhouse, and I said, "This is kind of weird because we're peers." Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm proud of you. Oh, that's nice. Well, that's kind of how I felt. Yeah. Just and you're like, oh, whoa, is him the the pressure of having a good team? <laughs> they almost didn't get over the hump, Ravi, and I was happy for that senior group. Honestly, there is more pressure when your team is good. Yeah. Like yeah. I get that there's different pressure when you're bad, but having been in that spot before, mm-hmm. expectations have way more pressure than trying to build again another another group of young ladies with chloe lemon and maya babbitt and and Cora but did they have three go for 20 in that game listen almost every night out like what are you supposed to do with that uh, again I, I, i've seen i've seen that group like what are you supposed to do with that go over to the middle school championships I don't care what level you're playing yeah if and you got three 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 people going for 20 a night yeah you're gonna lose to that team uh, almost every time and i'm telling you you like shooters yeah my Babbitt yep. shoots that thing. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's, it's like go get it. Yeah, it is so so good on them. I mean, it's fantastic week. The boys will get started. Uh, when we come back, we'll take a a, a a quick break from the 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 big picture. We'll drill down. We'll talk basketball this this weekend as as bracket play is set mm-hmm. for the local schools. Creighton, see if you like their draw. <laughs> Nebraska. To be a playing team, having won six out of your last eight, uh, yeah, you were trying to avoid that Wednesday. You'll tip about nine. Yeah. You got a very winnable game. It is. It is. That's not bad. And we need to talk. And and when we talk to to Mike DeCourcy, we'll ask, man, best wishes cap in the Big Ten because it is. Uh, I don't know what to do there. No idea. Who's Rutgers? <laughs> Wasn't Rutgers good? Like. Wasn't Rutgers good like twelve days ago? I was gonna fifteen s- days ago. I was ago. gonna say about fourteen minutes ago. It Man. seemed like they were good. <laughs> so we'll 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 get into that. We've got our usual uh, a special guest, Michael Severe. We'll talk NFL combines at seven forty five. Sam McEwen in his usual eight o'clock slot. We'll talk to Brady Oltman uh, at nine mm-hmm. recruiting. And again, he's got versatility. Maybe t- we'll touch on Nebraska baseball this weekend and Mike DeCourcy. At Mike TSN will join us at 945. Who you, we, you better have good questions because he's not the go-along to get-along guy. 
Don't you, be asking. I've don't, noticed a theme with your guests on. on don't be asking him any show. Ch- any chump stuff. <laughs> well, you know those guys. Are just, they just he's just not going to play along. Yep. Like hey, you ask a leading question and he's quick to say, yeah, I don't know about that, but. <laughs> Like, hey, hey. <laughs> See if I can play some Jedi mind tricks on yeah, him where I want to go. We're trying. And uh, so when we come back, we'll talk college hoops and your level of surprise on whose start was more off of what you thought going in. Mm. Creighton or Nebraska? Mm, okay. College Hoops recap coming up. That's my guy, Robbie Lula. I'm Old DB. We are live from the H&H Chevrolet studio. Fantastic show brought to you by The Beanery. Had a smoothie and a half this weekend. Oh, because nice. Because Zoe was being a little bit selfish. <laughs> selfish. The Beanery, we always appreciate them where they just serve good coffee. And my man Liquid Shano over there on the ones and twos. Coming back, it's coffee and cream. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Kasey Tominaga, deep three, no problem for Kasey. Sign us up for this all day. I mean, this is just haymaker after haymaker from both sides. Three's going down everywhere. Oh, that voice, that is Robbie Hummel. That is the great Kevin Kugler. I'm biased, but I think everybody's good with Kevin Kugler. No, he's I mean he's one of the best at what he does. He is the he is the single greatest assist play by play person of all time. Oh, that's no, an interesting way to put n- it. No hyperbole. I so I'm just telling you. So he I'll sets get, up his color man really, really well. Really, really it is unless you're just flat out god awful terrible. Sure. And you and you won't be because he gets the best screws. Yeah. He's the best assist man in radio and television. He he just is. Yeah. You know, because he's so established, and he doesn't have to worry about getting his. Yeah. Which even when guys are established in that role, a lot of times they still do. He's fantastic. Did you see, did you see McCaffrey hit him with the that's five <laughs> when he hit his fifth three? Because he told him. <laughs> did he? Yeah, he told him pregame, I'm, I'm going to get five. <laughs> and K2 and – Hummel were just laughing their head off because he flashed them the little five when McCaffrey hit his fifth. But, yeah, so – because I don't know – I used to like Hummel better in studio. Mm. But I kind of like him on broadcast. I don't mind him. You know who's grown on me over the years? Who's that? Bardo. I used to not – Yeah, I struggled with Bardo for a long time. Yeah, I'm I'm fine. Like, he's not bad. Like, I think he – I don't know if he just kind of figured it out. But he was doing it for a long time for him to just click yeah. at some sort I, point. I, so maybe I, I've gotten soft. I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, we were trying to talk you into stuff off air, and you're like, no. It's not diagonal. <laughs> Robbie, yes, it is. Listen, it's like a, just a smidge. That is – I did not realize that you're such a, a poor Parker. It's more that sometimes I'm careless 
if there's not. You know what I call guys like you? What's that? Selfish. <laughs> oh, who's going to be here? It's but I'm selfish. just saying. No, I understand. But yeah, exactly. You'd never know. You, you I cannot know, be a though. bad Parker and we hang out. I can, I can predict with pretty good accuracy when it's going to be necessary to not take up. So what was your train of thought again when you – Like there's no – like we're the only ones here. Yes. We're going to be the only ones here by the time we leave. Well, I don't know. For maybe. the most part. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to be a packed lot. Okay. So, A, space conservation is not my number one uh, <laughs> My number one priority here. Space conservation. Yeah. I'm That's not- what we're on this early on a yeah, Monday? Absolutely. <laughs> Listen, you're coming at me. I'm coming back, all right? Well, and, and it was dark out. It was it. dark. Who are you vouching Thank for? You. Shane's got me. The other thing is, I am. You're listening to a no. dude that's parked no. 61 feet from the curb. But he's in the lines, just like I am. Dude, that is diagonal. No, though. it's not. Okay. I'm going to take it to Twitter. Do it. Because if you look at the line, I am barely not lined up. Like, I'm in both my lines. Am I not in both my lines? You I am. are, but okay. you're way too close to one of the white lines. You're, I am a, you're messing it, like D.O. Hughley. You're messing it up okay, for everyone. Okay, but listen, here's the other thing. What? I'm not messing it up because we got, we got Shane's little Hot Wheels over there only taking up half a space. <laughs> so between me and Shane, there's plenty of room for another car. Are you old enough to remember the cars that you would put the little zip tie in and you'd pull it out and then you'd set the car down and it would go? Oh, I didn't have them, but I know what they are. I, Shane, what were those called again? Did you used to have one of those on like the racetrack? Yeah, you, I wanted you, you one put real the thing bad. And you pull it, and the wheels would spin, and then you put it. Yeah, that's like Shane's low car. Exactly. Yeah. So there's plenty of room between his car and my car for another vehicle. I like to think of my car as a slot car. <laughs> I just slot it right in. Yeah. Whatever. Welcome back to. Coffee and cream. Hopefully, you're listening on 590 or YouTube, television. If you're not, why wouldn't you? Just wherever they can find us, um, everywhere. Live from the H and H studio. So, we can I ask you a question since we're already a little off topic here? Yeah, always. Okay, so I go in and get my coffee this morning, right? Yeah. Go to the beanery, get coffee. Um, when I'm getting my coffee, the young lady who was taking my order, very kind. She goes, would you like a straw? Yes. Is that a thing people do? So, yes. With coffee. It's iced, right? Yeah, because you got the little hole, though. You got right, the little but hole. I think she may think you want to get your stir game right. Oh, yeah. No, I just do one of these. There's an iced coffee in our fridge. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I know it's Caleb. I, I know it's Caleb. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing, though. Iced coffee or the straws? That he... Oh, that he drank iced coffee. Unless... Okay. Now, this scares me. Uh-oh. He did drive his brother home from my mom's last night. Okay. He promised him to stop and get a coffee. Okay. Micah has mentioned iced coffees before. Mm. But he's 13. I think you may have a. Uh, I think you may have a situation. It did on your not hands. come from this side of the street. It came from <laughs> anything. <laughs> that that would be his mom. <laughs> I'm I'm pleading no one two three four five thief <laughs> on that one. Uh, I, just, I didn't realize anyone used a straw in with this type of lid. Yeah, uh, that that's news to me. Full disclosure. Yeah, I'm so insecure when I used to. Part of the reasons that I don't have mixed drinks, mm-hmm. like m- minor, like 
20% of the reason. Yeah. I didn't want people to see me with a little stirring straw or any fruit. So I just... <laughs> Give it to me straight. See, I used to be... Chilled on the rocks. I used to I'm be, a man. Hear me grunt. <laughs> I used to be that way. Um, this was uh, probably like five years ago. Before that, I would, you know, I would do like the whiskey or Jack and Diet uh-huh. or, you know, like the, the acceptable manly mixed drinks. Air quotes. Yeah, like your give me <laughs> toxic masculinity one oh one. Give me you know, whatever. And then I was like, you know what tastes better? The fruity stuff. So I just made fun of one of our wrestling coaches <laughs> a couple weeks ago for digging the cherry out of his glass with his hand. So I'm like, pro- you're too old for that. I'm probably not Zoe would do that with a Shirley Temple. I'm probably not digging the cherry out. But the drink for sure is coming with some kind of garnish. He was sitting in his chair kind of hunched over with his prison stance, and he looked at me, and he goes, but these cherries are good, though. Listen, they are. Those maraschino cherries, especially you get a little alcohol on them with the mix. And, oh, they're delicious. But, yeah, I just kind of decided one day, and I kind of remember exactly when it happened. I was like, you know what? I'm going to drink the stuff that tastes good. And worry about the image later? Yeah, and I was like, you well, were, were you Sprite way before Sprite? No, well, kind of. Obey, obey your thirst. <laughs> well, I was just like, listen, if somebody's going to judge me based on what I drink, yeah. I probably don't want to hang out with that person. You're like, hey, bartender, Cosmo, hey, on the double. Well, you know, I'll go like, uh, I'll do like an occasional amaretto sour. Those are tasty. Okay, you're killing me. Um, I I drink a lot of margaritas now. Okay, Love also, margaritas. You're also killing me. Um, I know nobody in their right mind would dilute good tequila, but that's oh, I don't dilute my there. good tequila. I have margarita tequila, and then I've got straight tequila. <laughs> you gotta have two different tequilas. I understand. I'm you're not. I'm not. I'm not making margaritas with the Clasa Azul over here, man. Like, come on. Hey, I would like that top shelf reposado in my tequila. Absolutely. By not. the way, we didn't even get that's to what, what like the Terramana's for is for like the the, oh, the margarita. Yeah, Montezuma's revenge. <laughs> hey, <laughs> uh, real quick, consider we got to Creighton in Nebraska in this segment. Yeah, we got let's to. Get, let's get to Michigan Lance. On. Michigan Lance. Good morning, man. How are you? Hey, good morning, boys. Kind of, man. It's been it's been a weekend, hasn't it? Yeah, with All- basketball. All over the place, I mean, man. I mean, AD decided to play and show up and yeah. So, Robbie's Golden State Warriors may be on the outside looking in. I know they think they can light switch this thing, but they're mm-hmm. in trouble. I've been out for a while. They're this, in trouble this year. Yeah, I don't. I'm not buying. Oh, it. most most definitely. And, and Steph Curry never gets the backlash on these down years either. He has. <laughs> he's had quite a few. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> I mean, for for people to say he's the best point guard in ever and and all this and that. Hey, man. Lance, I thought I'm we were going to have a good morning. I'm not saying he's a bomb. I thought we were going to have a good morning, Lance. You're going to – This, yeah, this, this see, is his guy. I thought we were going to have a good morning. I, I, I get it. I, I get it. But, hey, heavy is the crown, man. And the only person that's been carrying that thing for 20 is LeBron. <laughs> and he's been, take, he's been taking a lot of darts. Ain't nobody a, a saying he's LeBron, man. Like, talk about what are, <laughs> we doing. We doing straw man arguments this early on a Monday? Nobody in there. Listen, man. Any, no, no, no. Listen, if anybody in their right mind is like, yeah, Curry is better than LeBron, then walk away from that conversation because they are not stable. I don't know what to tell you. 
But if we're talking about Curry and being great, then that's a different conversation. Uh, come on, hey, man. You need to be on national news. Because, hey, once he won his fourth one, people are, hey, whose era is it? Is it Steph or LeBron? But anyway, hey, John Moran, DB. Yeah. Hey, Robbie, do you have kids? Hell no. Okay, so DB. Yeah. Hey, man, how hard are we working as fathers trying not to have our kids be John Moran? Well, you ain't never lied. <laughs> Back after <laughs> this. <laughs> That's a great take because he's right. Coffee and cream. Michael Severe up next. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Hey Trey, you had a really good senior move. You said you're gonna run a four two at the forty. You still gonna run a four two? <laughs> you go see. I don't yeah, like I'm gonna it. When it's time, when it's time to do, I'm gonna just do it. Go big red. <laughs> T P. That was Trey Palmer coming off a uh, a money making weekend. Yeah, wasn't bad for him. He no. did okay. Nah, he, he, he did okay. It's so weird. Put to, some cash in his pocket. Yes, he did. And it's so weird to watch him because I was saying this, all these broadcasts, I was like, you know what? It doesn't even look like he's moving that fast, but he's fast. Yeah, I, he's like a glider, though. Yeah. Like, he, it's a real smooth. Some guys look violent when they run. Metcalf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's not like that. No. He, he's a very natural runner, so it's hard to tell how fast he's going. Yeah. That would be Roy Haloo, Amon Green. Yeah. Michael. Like natural striders. Our next guest. As well, we I, don't know, I don't know if I'd put him in that Oh, category. man, he looks like he has wheels, man. Got new knees as uh, Michael Severe, my ace Boone, joins us. <laughs> Good morning, buddy. What's up? It's so better than you calling me your ace coon. <laughs> ace Boone is much better than ace coon. Good start to the morning. I like that. <laughs> What's up, Michael? <laughs> hey, I got three things real quick. You have the straw. In the iced coffee, so you don't spill when you're driving. Maraschino cherries is why Betty Ford, they figured out she was an alcoholic because she was drinking all the maraschino cherry juice there in the White House. And then the last part is whenever Lance calls, just yell JJ Barrera and hang up on him. That's all you gotta do. I'm just saying, I'm out here <laughs> trying to have a real conversation, and he's like, Steph ain't LeBron. And I was like, okay, we're just slaying paper tigers out here, my guy. Cool. I, listen, man, Isaiah Thomas is the greatest point guard of all time. I don't care about anybody else. Well, I, I actually am not going to argue that a ton. That's such an old guy take. <laughs> imagine, imagine this. Seriously, and I'm old. I'm 53 years old. They would have broken Steph over their back. Like, just boom. Like Bane did to Batman. That's what happened to Steph. Okay, the yeah, let's pretend, like, let's pretend like they were actually guarding out to where Steph hangs out anyway in the 80s. Well, Man, they didn't well, guard out to like 18 feet when Zeke was playing. Oh, would he man. have ever driven to the basket? Would he driven to the basket ever? No, because nobody guards to the, the three-point line. Why? The only reason he guards goes to the basket now is to keep people honest. If they already you know, guard him out at 25, he's just living. He's living at 25. He's lucky that he figured out his ankle and his foot problems. He would never be playing again. Good for medical science. Nice job. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry he's not playing in, in Chuck Taylor's. My bad. <laughs> sorry he's not playing in canvas shoes. Uh, I was really hoping that Rogers would be on the show. What happened to that guy? <laughs> he's not feeling well. Hey. Oh, a little sick child. Okay. Hey, let me. So, who does Michael Severe take 
my favorite, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, Bijan Robinson or Jameer Gibbs? Well, only only because I well, – let me ask you a question, Robbie. All right. What do you call Texas mustard? <laughs> Bijan. <laughs> Bijan. Yeah, baby. Anybody with a nickname like Texas mustard is my guy. Uh, I'm going Bijan. Hey, so, okay, uh, and I know you play it, you play it safe, but what are the – and you're not taking a chance on quarterbacks necessarily, but what is the norm? What's like? What's Michael Severe's baseline to entertain making a move on a quarterback? You mean like moving up in the draft to get it? Yeah, like draft? like what do you have to see besides non-slumped shoulders? <laughs> slope. I don't like the slope shoulders. No, um, I think you have to have a certain amount of start in college football. I think that's necessary. And you have to prove to me over a season that you could be consistent. Like Josh Allen was in sophomore year when he had Allen around him, he was consistent, right? I, if you don't show me at least one season of consistency, it would be hard for me to draft him. And, and Will Levis, I don't know if he's had a complete year of consistency. He had like eight games with Wanda Robinson. I don't believe he had a full year of consistency. So it'd be hard for me to go Will Levis, but any of the guys that have had full years of consistency, DJ Stroud obviously would be fine with me, um, so that's my main thing. Give me a full season. So, if you're struggling with the full season and consistency with Will Levis, how are you feeling about this conversation about Anthony Richardson going? I mean, some people are talking about number one. Where, where, where's your head at when you hear something like that? Let me say this about Anthony Richardson. You want to talk about shoulders? That kid has got Atlas's shoulders. <laughs> He's carrying two worlds on either shoulder. So I like that. But yeah, you watch him throw the ball. He's so raw. He can't open his hips very well throwing to the left side of the field. Um, I like his deep ball. That's the easiest thing to throw in football. Um, it would it would be it would mean he's saying I'm going to Steve McNair him and I'm going to sit him for a full two years for him to learn the game and how to throw the ball consistently. Consistently, I don't know if you can do that anymore. Mm. I don't know if the NFL allows you to sit a guy like you know Aaron Rodgers said or Steve McNair said. I don't think they do that anymore. But he would require that for me to play. Hey, how big of a riser for you? And I know we've agreed that offensive line, man, it's hard to it's yeah. it's hard to gauge. But I think we both like Skaronsky as the first yeah. guy off the board at tackle. But how quick of a move is Broderick Jones making for you? He's so he's so athletic. And you watch him in space, those space drills they have him do, and he looks like a tight end the way he runs. Um, I think the interior offensive line this year is as good as I can remember. Not necessarily big name guys, but just pure. I've got 37 starts under my belt. I played for a good team. Um, you, you saw me succeed against good talent. There's so many of those guys out there. I, I, I really like this offensive line. The only thing I like better is probably the tight end class. Yeah. And that's because tight end now is what? You could argue it's the second most valuable position on in terms of skill players in football, because mm. yes, you catch the ball, but how do you block them when they're moving now when you can't cut them anymore? So you've got a guy like Washington, 6'7", 260, running a, a sub-four sh- uh, short shuttle, and he's in the open field. He's in a block. You can't stop. You can't cut him. So it might be the second most valuable skill position in, in football now. That's how it's fun. Do you realize his 10-yard split is yeah. only – Two one hundredths of a second 
better. I was at at 216 pounds. I was yeah. a one five five ten yard split. At two sixty five, yeah. he's one five seven. That is that is, and, and one of the best ten yards I ever saw. You know, comes from running backs. Running backs always have that great first ten yards. His first stride, though, is like three running back strides. So that's why he can do that. But yeah, I, I can't imagine him on the edge blocking. What do you do with him? I have no idea what to do. Severe, I, I wanted to hop back to quarterbacks real quick. Yeah. Bryce Young came in, I think, quite a bit smaller mm-hmm. than even a lot of people expected. What's your level of concern there? It, do you care at all because of his playmaking ability? Or where are you at with the Bryce Young of it all? Because I think, I mean, 5'10 was, I think, much smaller than we were anticipating. Yeah, that's, that's what Todd McShay said that he was going to be. And he thought it would be 194, so at least he came in over 200. Right. Um, what I learned from Russell Wilson more than anything else in his evaluation was if you throw the ball over the top, you make yourself taller than you actually are. You're talking about your arm slot, tied. right? Yeah, right. Okay. He throws over the top. So if you are a, you know, a 12-6 curveball guy like a Russell Wilson is, he's throwing really from like 6-3 instead of throwing from 5-11.5. Sure. And Bryce Young is that way. So instead of throwing from 5-10, he's throwing more from 6-2. So I have a little bit more confidence in him. My, my concern with him is I don't know if he can make all the throws when there's a muddy pocket. So he's got to go to a place that's going to really protect him really well, what San Francisco did this past year for Brock Purdy, and I think he'd have a lot of success. I'm not as concerned about his height because of his arm plot as I would be if he was a three-quarter guy. Mm. Uh, Anthony Richardson, for example, is, a, is almost a sidearm guy. So instead of going from six. Or he's doing more from like six. He's got he's one. got a little Lamar Jackson from that mm-hmm. low slot, yeah. that three quarters deal. Sling. Yeah, he slings it instead of throws it. Does he concern you? Which one, Anthony Richardson? Yeah. Oh yeah, just everything. I mean, everything about him. Like I was saying earlier, he just he's so raw, man. I mean, you'd have to you got to give me a great quarterback coach and two years for me to make him that guy and get to an everyday NFL quarterback, unless. You're just going to run him a lot and, and use him that way. Take him, hill him if you want to do that because he's big enough and he's a strong enough athlete. But to throw the ball in the pocket, he's a ways away from that. Hey, Damon, Damon, I want to I do a throwback real quick. Okay. All right, so dead or in jail, pick one. Ready? <laughs> yeah. Most disappointing University of North Carolina basketball recruit in your time being a fan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, King Rice, <laughs> Joe Wolf, Rayshon Terry, or Leaky Black? Rayshon Terry by a hair, King Rice right there. Great call Leaky on Black Terry. He's horrible, dude. He dude, is. He's taking open listen, 11-footer to win a game. Listen, he's listen he's man. So bad. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe you're twisting the night. And you're laughing, encouraging him, Ravi. <laughs> no. He drives me crazy. He, Caleb's probably, if he wasn't in class, he would be laughing at you right now because he likes to give me a hard time about Leaky Black, too. Um, I'm just trying to get into the tournament, right? I, I just don't want to be Michigan, yeah, sure. right, yeah. or Milano, Villanova. Like, yeah. I, we got to win two games. Two games in the, in the ACC tournament? I think. I think so. But, yeah, they for sure got to win two. But, hey, I, I got to ask you this, though, because yeah. you're my wide receiver guy, and we've had some great debates. Yeah. How does, yeah. T- how does Palmer not turn into Jonathan Ross? 
Uh, well, I don't. How many injuries? So John Rock had a shoulder and a knee by the time he was a sophomore in college. I don't. Is it, did he have? Did Palmer have that many injuries? Yeah. I don't know. No, no, he no, doesn't. He's been pretty healthy. That's what I contributed by John Ross wasn't just that he was a blazer. It was all the injuries he's had. And then as soon as he got drafted, he got hurt like in training camp. Mm. So that's what worries me about those guys. Injuries or anything else. But I, I see what you're saying. I don't trust. I probably trust the top four wide receivers in this draft. Everybody after that, even Keishon Booty, who I've watched a lot of LSU, I don't quite trust him. Mm. One of the best in the business. I You never a dull moment, apostrophe, <laughs> man. I appreciate you. Hey, 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 uh, real quick, Rob, are you going to New York City? No, 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 no. I'm doing oh, that from here. Right. He's going. I have a steak for you. I have a steak for you in Ghana. <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate hey, be it. safe out there, my guy. Appreciate you. All right. Later, guys. Love that dude. That is Michael Severe. <laughs> Back after this with Sam McEwen. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Here is the sports editor for the Omaha World Herald, Sam McEwen. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Sam McEwen. Uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to throw the ball, and you just stand back there and throw it where you want to go. You know, that kind of thing. Sam McEwen. Are you guys going? Um, sure. Now, Sam McEwen. Uh, one of my favorites, Sam McEwen, the big wig over at whew, Lee Enterprises. Sam is the man. <laughs> A lot of pressure, Sam, <laughs> but per usual, I know you can handle it because you're the guy that came on this show, Coffee and Cream, oh, right around February 11th or so, 12th, whatever that Monday was, and said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Nebraska can get to 14, 15 wins. And I looked at you and I go, they pull that off. I know, Sam, you saw Nebraska basketball winning five out of their last six, didn't you? <laughs> um, not exactly. No, there's no way. But, but you did kind of say they would finish better than we thought. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I thought they might get to 14, uh, maybe 15, but I, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't think they would win yesterday, um, which I thought was pretty impressive, honestly, against a team that, you know, scores a lot of points. And, and uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm still kind of scratching my head as they as to how they won yesterday. But oh, I know, it, uh, right? What's that? I Like, you looked at the offensive rebounds given mm. up, kind of the start Iowa, or, like, how did they win that game? Hit a lot of threes, and they're they're really good on offense at this point. I mean, they're they're tough. They're they're a tough team to to defend if they're going to make if they make threes. They're they're one of the best offensive teams in the Big Ten right now with the group that they've got. Um, 
Iowa's not a great defensive team. They, they don't care that much about defense. <laughs> but um, I thought Nebraska played quite well yesterday. So, you know, I, I I know they made a lot of mistakes yesterday, but they still are. I mean, they, they played well enough to win that game in, a, in an atmosphere that did not favor them. Uh, so, you know, yeah, I mean, Fred Hoiberg's kept his job. Uh, he's, he's good to go. Uh, might even have met the metrics. In fact, I think he probably did. I think he did. He get his money back. And I think it's, I think it's going to be uh, an interesting offseason. Uh, Chattel is going to write a little bit more about Fred today. I think either, either today or later this week, he talked to Fred on Friday. Um, and there'll be some more detail about the interest that other, other players potentially have in, in Nebraska. So, I, I, I mean, obviously this is not a one-year deal. You, you know, they're not bringing, a back, they're not bringing enough back uh, from last year's team to be able to just kind of do what they want to do. So they're going to have to figure out a few things along the way in terms of player transfers. Sam, I, I keep asking this question, and I haven't gotten a satisfactory answer yet, so I'm hoping you can give me one. What from this year's team, which I, I think was better than many of us expected, or, or certainly better than I expected, what from this year's team translates moving forward? As you mentioned, they are moving a bunch of pieces. It's not like this is an NCAA tournament team, so you don't have that type of momentum going into next year. What do you see that you look at? Obviously, Hoiberg's going to be back, but what do you see that you look at that they've done this year that you think they can build off of moving forward considering what they lose? I think they've got an offensive identity. Um, now, people will talk about the defense. and Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think they certainly do uh, play harder defensively. They, they have a little bit more of an edge. But I, I feel like if you can find somebody you know similar to Derek Walker as a scorer, he doesn't necessarily have to be Derek Walker as a passer. I think you've got something a lot closer to a true identity i mean they're playing offense like they they know what they're doing and it, it took a while for frank Weiberg's you know system to, to to work but i think it's worked and i think they've they've found some ways to get it done now again you've got to find some players to fit into that casey's return will be in my opinion important to that journey and that discussion getting him back but you know it if you can find some pieces that can get things done, I actually think they can improve on defense. I, I think with Blaze Keita having a full year of health, and I think Blaze has got two years left personally because I the COVID year is, didn't count. So if they can get Blaze to full health, I think you've got a really good defensive center right there, and better than than Walker, to be honest with you. But if you can find you know some some pieces offensively, I think you can. You can continue to have a defensive identity, and I think you can get, you can maintain that on offense. And so I think you have, you know, in my opinion, a pretty, a pretty good team. Um, but again, that, that so much depends on the portal. We'll see how this season ends up. I mean, they play Minnesota. I actually think that's a difficult matchup. Minnesota has nothing to lose, and they can score. You know, they can, they can score. They're they're not very good defensively, at least not for forty minutes. And so they got to beat Minnesota. And then they play Maryland, and you know Maryland is is if if Maryland's rested, they're going to be tough to beat because a lot of what happens with Maryland is they get tired, they they run out of gas, they ran out of gas against 
Penn State. They don't have a ton of depth, but you know if they're if they got everybody and they they, they get three four days off, I think they're going to be tough to beat. And then I believe Indiana is the team after that. Nebraska does not match up well with the Hoosiers at all. So you know they'd have to win three uh, down there to make an NCAA tournament case, and I think they probably would have to win uh, four or five. Sam, let me ask you something because um, we've we've been having this conversation for a couple years now about can and should expectation levels be fluid, even though we start out with some whatever the basic premise is, right? I look at Big Ten wrestling, I look at Nebraska, I look at the conference they participate in, and I look at baseball, the Big Ten conference, and the conference they participate in. Who had the better weekend, in your opinion? Uh, between those two programs, yeah. um, you know, I, I think wrestling had a good weekend. You know, I'm sure they're disappointed that Rob didn't win the Big Ten title. I wish that would have uh, been scored differently in the first period, Sam, but I hate to be sure. an officiating guy. I really do. But that takedown gets called correctly, and I and maybe we're not having this conversation. Yeah, I think that's possible. Uh, wrestling is is a tough sport to score and, and it uh, really is you know oh yeah it's hard it's hard to score and the sport at the collegiate level as incredible as it is they've got to find a way to to, to juice it with more scoring I, I you know otherwise the sport just kind of stays where it's at so i don't i don't know if they if they lack you know if they relax the rules or whatever they're gonna have to do but it, it kind of just stays where it is at this point, because the, the wrestlers are so good at being defensive that it, it's just almost impossible to score. So you don't have a lot of upsets and a lot of fluidity, although Rob did lose. Um, baseball had a good weekend. Yeah, they beat Vanderbilt, and that's a big deal. Um, you know, by the time they get to Sunday, Ole Miss is deep into Nebraska's rotation. And, you know, I think uh, the Huskers weren't able to win that one. But, you know, they, they beat Vanderbilt. That's a very big deal. That's a that's a gift that will keep on giving. I think Vanderbilt's a very good team. Not a great hitting team, but very good pitching. And so um, I think that'll that'll boost Nebraska's confidence. If you look at Nebraska's home schedule, the baseball team's home schedule, it's very weak. Uh, they're going to win a lot of games this year. The question was, were they going to win some games early um, that would justify the 40-win season? I think a sweep at South Alabama, however good they are, and then that – uh, that win over Vanderbilt will travel really well. So um, I think baseball probably had the better weekend, even though the wrestling team had a great weekend and they might be the number three team in the country. Um, you know, I think baseball probably had a slightly better weekend. Sam, does this weekend change your, you know, DB was talking about expectations. Does it change your expectations at all for Nebraska baseball or is there just a nice confidence booster moving forward? It does not change a lot. Um, you know, I think Maryland losing three this weekend. They're the favorite, probably, in the in the league, and they didn't compete very well at the Cambria Classic. Uh, so, you know, I think there's um, there's a little bit of glimmer of light there, but I think the Big Ten is, is more competitive and more difficult than Nebraska baseball fans, and sometimes Nebraska baseball media make it out to be. Um, you have to go beat the teams that know you the best, even though those teams aren't necessarily very good consistently. Um, they, they've scouted you for years, so they know you. And so it's harder to beat those teams. So I think Nebraska's goal number one is to, you know, make the Big 
Ten tournament in Omaha, which they didn't even do last year. And its goal number two is to, you know, put itself in position for an at-large bid before it even goes to the Big Ten tournament. Goal number three is to win the Big Ten. And they have a chance of doing all three. And I think that's where they need that. So that would be my expectations for that. Hey, Sam, in our weekly, it's become daily. And I don't know if, if you and I are on the same page on this or not, but I haven't been um, uh, – I'm cautious on putting toes in the water with Dylan Rayola. And I'm not saying I know anything more or less than anybody else does. I just have been very reluctant. I'm not I'm not one of those guys that believes he's done the silent commit thing. I'm not – I don't – I think it's a 50-50 deal. And right now, we've seen some crystal balls as of late this over this weekend, and in particular from Steve Wilfong, who has now crystal balled Dylan Rayola to Southern Cal. I'm not even a big crystal ball guy. I look at some of my own kids' percentages, and I'm like, they're making this up. <laughs> so, right. like, where are you, right? I know you're a context clues guy. You appreciate good deductive reasoning. Where are you with – because I think I'm in the minority, no pun intended. I'm not one of the local guys that's like – shoot, I think I'm one of the few that's not. Like, I, I'm not – I don't – I don't. I certainly don't think it's any foregone conclusion at all. Oh, no, no, no. I, I do think it's between two schools. I, I don't think George is going to – it's really in the mix. Here. Hey, did you um, see how he teased I, us this weekend, though, with, with – Texting or tweeting back with his his buddy that was uh he was like hashtag go dogs with the Georgia emblem yeah. I'm like it doesn't yeah. seem like Dylan but I think he's messing with us. Mm. Yeah, uh, I would say it's USC or Nebraska, and you know the the, the case is very clear. Um, and I'll write about this more at some point. I'll, I'll tell you what, one thing I don't have is a bunch of inside knowledge on this. I'm just I'm just reading it based on following and covering recruiting for 15 years and just the logic that I've drawn from it over the years. So this isn't like, just so you know, like I'm not going to give you some sort of weird cryptic answer. Um, I am saying that I think it's between those two schools and this, and, and the, the choices are pretty clear. If, 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 if you want an incredible college experience without being certain that you're going to win Heisman's without being certain that you're going to go first in the NFL draft, but being pretty confident that you're going to play for a team that's going to win some football games, then you pick Nebraska. Um, he's everybody's going to know who he's who he is here. I think people are going to like him a lot. He's a likable kid. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he's got a good coach, um, and I think they're going to get better. And what what that looks like, I don't know, but it, you know, it could be eight and four, it could be nine and three. Uh, it could be, you know, playing, winning some games people don't expect you to win, beat Michigan in 2025 or whatever. I don't know who they play in 2025. <laughs> but, you know, uh, something like that and, and, and kind of getting this thing going again. Kind of what they thought Adrian was going to do, even though he had the wrong coach. You could do that, and I think he would have an incredible experience here. Um, I think there's a real chance for that. I think if you ask Tommy Armstrong what his experience that was at Nebraska, yeah, there were some odd situations and ups and downs, but yeah, shoot, I mean, Tommy was, you know, he was he was the quarterback in Nebraska football for three years. I mean, I, he, he didn't really complain that much. Four years. Um, 
the flip side of the coin is USC. And, and, and in USC, you're going to win a Heisman Trophy, and you're going to be the first pick of the draft. I don't. Now, this is where people will go back and forth with me, and they'll disagree with me. Um, but I don't think he's going to be that big of a deal in Los Angeles. And somebody will tell me, well, you know, Los Angeles is USC football is like the third biggest thing there. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. <laughs> okay, it's not, but okay. And so, you know, I think if you want to go win a Heisman Trophy and you want to go do that thing and be on TV a lot and be the guy and 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 have an NFL whatever, then that's where you go. And and so it's going to come down to those two things. Like I. And then Nebraska has to prepare itself for the possibility of getting real because that changes the conversation for Nebraska. You know, you, 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 you have to expect that if you land the number one player in the country, you're going to have to play the number one player in the country. So, you know, and then those are, those are things that both sides have to consider. That's my, that's my breakdown of it, and I don't think it's going to change that much. Mm. Sam, have you allowed yourself to consider it all what your expectations would be if Dylan Royola does end up at Nebraska? Because somebody asked me that question the other day, and it kind of took me by surprise that I I realized I hadn't even How thought. How few of, of people wa- actually watch his film? Well, not just that, but just I hadn't even thought about it. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about, like, oh, what does that mean, wins and losses? The whole thing for me has just been about, oh, is he going to get here or not? Have you allowed yourself to think about that at all, about, like, what the expectations would or should be if Nebraska does land the number one player in the country? Well, the way you would look at it is you would look at it like you would look at war in baseball. And so the fundamentals of Nebraska football will not be determined by the quarterback. Um, like, they, they, they could have a great quarterback and, and not be right in all the other areas where you got to be right, mm-hmm. and you're not going to magically win nine games. And so job one for Rule and his staff is to get those things right. That's line play, that's self-discipline, that's, you know, consistent competence in special teams, which last year they had, but they didn't have prior to that. Um, that that's the basic stuff. And, and I, for what it's worth, I believe Rule believes the same. I don't think he's, we're going to get the quarterback, we're going to throw it 42 times a game, and, and we're going to be Purdue. You know, like that's not their vision. And so that part needs to be true regardless of who the quarterback is. But if that part becomes true and you suddenly get the quarterback who can throw all the passes and, and make all some of those big angle throws possible, then you can go you can go into a double-digit win category. So his war kicks in provided that he's surrounded by other pieces. Football is a weak link game. It's not a strong link game. And it's not an individual game. So Dylan Rayola does not exist in a bubble. And so he needs the weak links in Nebraska's program to get better for his strong link to matter. Sam, if you're taking a look at what you want to see happen this spring, and listen, you've done this a long time, how long, in your opinion, to validate what it is that you think about this football team do position battles need to go on for you to be confirmed? Oh, that's a good question. It's a different way of asking it. Um, well, I think I think that to feel really good about where you are on on, on some of the line spots that I think you want to robust. 
uh, lengthy competition at a, at a few positions. It, you know, I, if if Ty Robinson and Ben Scott lock down their spots, that that's fine with me. In fact, I think you need to decide at center pretty quickly because that becomes the vocal leader of that group. And so, I think that's important. It's it's important to establish who that player is going to be. Um, so that he can kind of lead him into the offseason. Simultaneously, I think Ty Robinson would be, you know, he decided to come back for another year. Um, it would be good to see him, uh, you know, solidified as, as a player. Um, at some of the other spots, you, you would hope it's in many ways ongoing. I, I would hope, given all of the players that Evan Cooper has in the secondary, that they're able to develop more uh, than just a handful of guys who can go. Um so, you know, you, you want to hear that because that the, they have a lot of talent back there, or in theory they do, and you'd like to hear that the competition is robust. I think you want to hear that at running back. Although, again, what I'll be listening for at running back is are the guys that we thought were going to emerge last year, that is Gabe Irvin and Ramir Johnson, mm. progressing. Because I last year was a, was a conundrum to me. And you have all this positive talk about these two players who then never play. And, yeah, one of them was banged up a little bit, but it was very strange to me how it became a one-running-back team. And don't get me wrong, Anthony Grant, in my opinion, was the best one. But the fact that they weren't able to put other guys in, and then, you know, in the Illinois game, Ramir Johnson gets that pass and he drops it and people are ticked off. But Ramir Johnson, that was like his first play of the game. And it was only like his seventh play of, of, of the last month. And so, you know, it's one of those deals where it's like the guy's not playing. You're asking him to go in on a spot and make one single play, and that's not easy to do. And so um, I'll be curious to watch at that position. I don't know. I, I, I wish I had more. We'll just have to see how the wide receiver stuff shakes out. I mean, we don't hmm. – I don't know that – maybe you, you you probably know more about this than I do. I don't know how the, the two guys that came back are doing – uh, it's clearly talented players. Beth is obviously talented off the charts. Garcia Castaneda is talented, in my opinion. Um, I'm not sure how that's going with them. We're going to talk to Rule today, and maybe he'll maybe he'll drop us a, a line there. We're we're supposed to talk to Thomas Bedoni. Yeah, who's in, that's interesting. Uh, Sam, if he's play. healthy, if he's healthy, I'm just telling you, look the heck out. And you know, I don't get yeah. like that too often. Yeah. Right, yeah, I've said I, very I hope, little about Fedoni for three years. <laughs> I'm just telling you, if he stays healthy, get out of that man's way. That'd be good to hear. Well, that'd be good to see. Um, and then Chief Borders is the other one talking. So, two guys that that uh, we know very little about. I mean, we know a little bit about Chief from his dad. Evan Bland wrote a story about his dad, and that was a really interesting story. Uh, but these are two guys that really haven't, you know, they haven't done anything for us. So. Um, maybe they'll give us some insight. Thomas can talk. You know, I don't know if he's going to be <laughs> laying out the entire offense I, I, this morning. Based he's, on, if he's if, if he if he's on his game, he's going to give you a little something, though. <laughs> well, he probably will. But that's. I mean, I just don't know if that's <laughs> what he should be doing. I, he'll probably say something about the quarterback. Or like, what? What do you? You know, I. I but but you know, Matt Rule chose to have him talk. So, yeah, he'll probably say something interesting today. He has a he has a history of doing that. So uh, we'll talk to him, I think, and then Borders, who apparently is a great quote uh, and was the winning point was the points leader on the on the winning competition team. So 
Um, that's notable. He needs he's 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 a big deal, and so is MJ Sherman. Those two players really need to need to uh, have good years, and maybe they will. Sam, we got about a minute here. Um, is there, you know, you, you bring up Thomas Fedoni, uh, since we'll be hearing from him. Is there a guy on the roster, whether it's Fedoni or, or somebody else, that feels kind of forgotten that you're interested in seeing this spring? Well, Ramir Johnson um, would be one. Uh, Gabe Irvin would be another. Um, Lightning, it's hard to, you know, I don't know. Um, Garrett Snodgrass. Hmm. want to see if he's back and what he's doing. I think they missed him last year. Um, and he could take that Kolarovic role maybe, you know, maybe being the third guy. Man, um, I think that's going to be taggy. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, that would be another one. Um, there's some interesting players in the secondary that we don't yet know a, a ton about. So, you know, I guess we'll – We'll learn more about some of them, some of the corners, some of the safeties. Um, yeah, there's a there's a bunch of guys that I think you could you could point out. Um, Ramirez Johnson and Gabe Irvin are near the top of the list for me. Save your bets. Who people have already forgotten about? We'll see what he can do. <laughs> good, good call, <laughs> Sam. Fantastic man. Looking forward to the the presser today and uh, what what you and the crew come up with, man. Looking forward to it. Same here. Take care. That's our man, Sam McEwen, back after this with my main man, the other guy, Robbie Lula. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coffee and Cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Ah, welcome back. It is Coffee and Cream in the morning. Rive and I just have a knockdown drag outs. Hey, listen, we love a little legal representation. How about dire law? If you've been hurt in a personal injury accident, maybe someone parked too close to the lines and they got out and they maybe Whoa. hit you with the door or something like that, you can count on Dire Law, a team to provide you with uh, a helping hand when you need it, no matter what you're dealing with, including poor park jobs and fender benders and anything else that may cause any bodily injury. You need professionals. Uh, so you can call Dire Law at 402-393-7259 or visit Dire Law to chat uh, trusted professionals about your personal injury claim. That's Dire.com. I just want to clarify the parking, dire .law, excuse me. The parking job in and of itself is not illegal. Well, I would if there were some I damage. Call the guys at Dyer just to say, "Hey, you know what? This guy like, can't park." But in the lines, if the if, lines. if 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 now if something happens, if you're with your better half, and let's say happened. you're the one driving, and she gets out of the passenger's yeah. side, and I'm getting out at the same time, and then we might have a situation. She, she you know, the folks dis- at dislocates my elbow with the car door because <laughs> you're so close. 
we'd have to call dire law. No, see, if I got somebody in the passenger seat, I always ask, like, hey, you got enough room over there? And if they don't, then I, then I line her back up. But self-admittedly, and I'm giving you a hard time just because I am, like, the parking yeah, Gestapo. But you were like, I'm admittedly, you, the first thing you said to me was, admittedly, I'm a bad parker. So I'm I, bad at parking. I would say, I, like, I'm not going to, like, three-point parallel park. Like, that's not my jam. <laughs> like, unless I have a lot of room, I'm not making that happen. And you have two big vehicles. Yeah, so like, it's just, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to walk. I get it. It's fine. Is it the radius with your arms, those huge ball and I, socket I shoulder joints? No, honestly, I think it's a... Uh, I'm a little overly cautious with my depth perception when there's other cars around. Yeah. So I'm not trying to, like, cause an accident hey, there. My depth perception is super sketch. Um, there's two pair of glasses on my dash. <laughs> oh, I, listen. They, they don't do you any good on the dash. You got to wear them, Damon. Bro, I got astigmatism. So at night, it's like, <laughs> it's a crapshoot. No, I. so it's an, as you can see in the photos that you put on the internet. I tried to give you, I tried to give you did, an you objective. Good, I'm, I'm in the lines, as people can see. Your big argument is I'm a little crooked. Yeah. Oh, for sure. A little bit. And I'm very close to one line. Yeah. But. Also look at what is surrounding me in those photos. Absolutely nothing. Again. We are in an empty parking lot. Like D.L. Hughley, you're messing it up for everyone. I'm not, though, because there is no everyone. <laughs> but there will be. You watch about 9.30 when the crew comes. They'll all have to go someplace far. That's all right. <laughs> it's good for them. Get your steps in, fam. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Let's go. To <laughs> out of breath, Brian, quickly. B, what's up, man? Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. Just okay? Yes. Yes, yeah, a couple of things. You know, just first thing on my mind, watching the NBA this week. And I kind of had a thought after watching uh, them, the referees. It kind of reminded me of that new special by Chris Rock where they have uh, selective outrage on the calls that they make. <laughs> that that seniors game that this did with Devin Booker and uh, um, when he got real physical and gave him the chicken wing in the chest, but didn't didn't call him like they were offensive player him bumping shoulder into him like three or four times and didn't call him nothing. What are doing the incident? What do you think Devin like, Booker is, said to to Luka Doncic when Luka missed think, the bunny down the stretch that got Luka mad? I think he said looked at the monitor the for he fifteen minutes. I think it, I think he's saying something to the effect of who the blank you looking at. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think he might have said. They got that, and you know, and speaking of that, and my more transition to this weekend. You know, my son's first year wrestling. He uh, came in second place in the finals. Uh, I didn't know it was going to go to ten o'clock, and I want to say this: OPS should be ashamed of themselves putting that thing at that middle school where you got bleachers on one side. Half of the school is a middle school environment, and the other half is elementary, where you got an auditorium with it. There wasn't enough seats to sit. Uh, there's a wrestling coach who I got a call on uh, that goes to that school or teaches at that school over there on 60th Street. That was He had a poor attitude with the kids because there wasn't enough room. He was looking for somebody to start something with. As well, I have to make a call because a female security guard acting like she wants to no, no, B, me no, B, a fight. No, hang on, B. I, I can't just I can't just allow OPS slander. 
maybe that hey, was hey. maybe that was the the only venue available, and it's a brand new school. Granted, I get that the gym needs Norris? to be big. Oh, I thought you were at uh, Buena Vista. No, Norris. No, no, hey, Norris, Norris is like the Taj Mahal. Have you not seen the renovations? They got no renovations. We had members have two sets of bleachers on both sides. They had bleachers on one side at that place. There, it caused a lot of frustration. Okay. It either caused frustration in that coach. I understand he was mad, and I can understand what he was mad about. There's not enough room. This man was a big man trying to walk in a little bitty space provided by that by that school. They could have chose somewhere else, but it did, it did cause some friction. Right. Yeah, that, that's a shame. I, can't, but I just can't allow for they, they the OPS have, slander, though. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. Come on now. I'm with OPS. I'll give OPS this credit. I just want to hold people accountable for their actions and what they do. You yeah. can't have you can't, you can't like, go like, halfway in. Like me calling Dyer Law on Robbie because he's causing bodily injury. He's causing me stress <laughs> by this park job. That's what's happening. <laughs> B, That's not bodily injury. Right That's now, mental <laughs> distress. That's a different deal. <laughs> Same difference. That's all I got, I feel, I feel, hey, hey, B, let me ask you something real quick. Did you did sure. did you understand? Uh, did you understand, contemplate, like the whole Jalen Rose response to John Morant? Does, that, that's got to bug you, man, because I know uh, a lot of people in general, but in particular African-Americans, the, the whole John Morant thing where they think feel like they can relate but it's still bothersome is, is getting old, right? Way too many things happening with pistols. Yeah, I, I still don't it, – it, it, I don't get it why – they do that. Why he would do that? He's risking too much to even do that. He's haven't you learned from Plastico Burns? Keep them guns up off of you. Well, it's interesting too because Paul Pierce feels one way, Jalen Rose felt another, and I'm just thinking it, it's hard not to empathize with with African Americans that have all of a sudden acquired a lot of money. But I think something appears to be wrong with Ja himself emotionally. Mm-hmm. I think that he, if you haven't, you know, some people when they get into that that brain where they become a star, they might not be used to the fact that they still got to stay on their P's and Q's. He might, to me, it seems like he's just relaxing in the fact that he thinks everybody likes him. And he let that go to his head. That's what I see. Mm. It looks like he's just letting it go to his head. He needs a reality check. Calm me down. That's it. <laughs> we need it. No, you can give it to us. I need everybody to, what, do we, what, what should we do, B? Hey, just calm down. <laughs> calm down. <laughs> Thanks, man. Have, have a good week. <laughs> I just need uh, everybody to calm. No, down. I mean you. The John Morant thing's tough. It really is, and it's not his first kind of because you can't uh, be out there acting like that. No, and that—that's his own IG. Like nobody put him up to. That's that. what I mean. Is he didn't get caught on something? He's putting that out there himself. Yeah, that's a. I mean. Obviously, that's not the biggest problem, but of the peripheral problems, that's the one that concerns me the most. Did you like the immediate ownership, or was it not immediate enough? Yeah, you gave me that look. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I, when we're this many things in, it doesn't feel like immediate ownership because we're – I don't look at it compared to the last event. I look at it compared to the first event. Hey, so – You know, know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I know Memphis has kind of gotten under your skin, especially as a Golden State guy. Well, it's with, Dylan Brooks. I hate Dylan Brooks. And with the premature anointing and yes. all of that. But are you surprised at how quick Memphis has fallen off? No, because they're really unlikable. 
the way no, the way they play is really unlikable. I get that Jaw is super exciting on the basketball court, right? Yeah. We're gonna leave the other stuff out for a minute here. On the basketball court, he's super exciting and fun to watch. But like, I don't know any I don't know any person who actually likes basketball except for maybe some of these like. 80s old heads that are like, yeah, we got to punch him in the face. Here, we, here we go. No, no, you know the guy I'm talking about. The guy's like, yeah, we got Michael Severe? Yes, exactly, 100%. No. <laughs> you know the guy that's like, oh, we got to punch him in the face, give him a bloody nose instead of giving up a lap. It's like, or maybe you just play defense and don't get burned out on the perimeter, get into the hole. How does that sound? Maybe that's an option here instead of creating violence. Oh, he's fantastic. We'll be back with another segment. We still didn't get to the Jays. Nope, we haven't got to the Jays. But yet. hey, listen, if if they, on a on a serious note though, if people do park like Ravi and have a tendency to park like Ravi, and you maybe get a door ding that you need to get worked out yeah. or fixed, yeah. Get to my folks at Dingman's Collision Center. So good at what they do. Four great locations, family owned and operated, local. 25 years they've been in business. There you so go. You're pretty good at what you do. And who knows? You may park next to big vehicles like <laughs> Ravi and may need to get it fixed. See the fine folks at Dingman's Collision Center. Back after this with Coffee and Cream. Coffee and Cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. The best thing about working with Ravi while Andrew Rogers is sick is you're a walking endorsement opportunity. We got our legal issues taken care of with Dyer Law, <laughs> and uh, we have our 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 auto body shop. No, you want to know? You want to know out. the truth here? But, okay, tell me. So, I I've never had a door ding, really? given or receiving. Okay, my wife, who. I think is probably a better parker than I am. So there's some self-awareness there, just so you know. <laughs> Gets dorting all the time. Really? And I have no idea what... It's the most bizarre thing in the world. I have no idea. Because she was driving this one for like a month while I was trying to figure out a new vehicle yeah. for her. Within that month, boom, dorting. I was like, there was two on the one I traded in that was hers. One on each side. I'm like, what is happening here? <laughs> Are you? You're like, see, you, was, sh- you should not give it no, like I do. Well, so I had to, I had to have a, a conversation, and I'm sure you can imagine how well this went over. Tw- by the way, Twitter's like sixty forty with you. That's right. But in the it, lines. But I'm starting to get some folks on my side now. In the lines. But that's not good enough. Listen, <laughs> he said, listen. Listen, listen, listen. We were, you know, we were talking last week about the the lowest common denominator in the lines, lowest common denominator. Hey, I am beating a very low bar. So my man PK on the low bar. Maybe it's the cell phone reception. Speaking of which, my man Dan is. He said, "Does anybody tell Sam McEwen that his cell phone microphone is the worst?" <laughs> and my man PK in my DM was like, "Hey, we got to figure out Sam's audio." <laughs> So it was real quiet. I had to. I had to crank the. I'm the cranked volume. too. Like yeah. you're like yelling it, and I know. Listen, I know I'm a quiet a quiet talker, but it's it, you know it, it raises the effect. You you know you kind of. What, what were you gonna say, Liquid? Are you a? Uh, are you guys? Are, are you, you guys a, when you uh, when you park when you go up to a place? Do you just do you wait to get the closest parking spot, or no. do you just go and get a parking spot? Let's go and get a safe parking spot. I'm a I'm a I'm a close parker. I am. So you're that guy that'll wait for the lady to pull out. And, uh, I was even at Costco this weekend, Saturday, mm-hmm. and I know I'm going to have some things to like 
wheel out. Wheel out. Yeah. And I still don't care about how close I am. But they so have the greatest parking spots ever invented. They do. Costco, because they got the extra gap for your carts and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Costco, I don't as much because it's always busy. So it's like you can't afford to wait. Yeah. If I catch an early one, I will. Um, I'm trying to get better about it. It's just, it's not even about being close. It's just about, I don't even know what it is. It's about winning. I feel like if I get a close parking spot, I win, which I don't win anything except for I don't have to walk as far. But it's like a mental thing for me more than it. I don't know why. It's like, I don't want to park that far away. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like from my dad. Like my dad couldn't pass up a good deal on anything. He was one of those guys that would think, oh, you can't afford not to buy it. The deal's so good. <laughs> And I feel as though that's how I've become with parking spots. Oh, shoot. I don't know where it came from because yeah. I don't even care that much about being close or not being close. It's, just, it's very principled. It's just a, I got I to gotta get a win here on the parking spot. I got to catch that dub. Hey, speaking of needing a win. Yeah. Whose expectation? Who, so which game did you, were you watching and you're like, yep, this, this team started about like I thought. Was it Nebraska with the quick start against Iowa? Or was it Creighton with the slow start against DePaul? Which one did you feel like I was, kind was of, more indicative of the team's personality? Ooh, that's a different question than what we started it with. Because I was kind of anticipating. Well, I just figured if you thought indicative of their personality, mm -hmm. it may lessen your level of surprise. Well, so I wasn't surprised. Because of the situation, I really wasn't terribly surprised by either I didn't think wasn't super surprised that Nebraska came out again with a hot start against Iowa that was a game they put a lot of emphasis on it was I mean they were I don't know were they playing for more than Iowa I don't know I don't know I I, I do think like the last home game senior day remember Iowa had just rolled yeah Indiana you're 11 and a half point I think they were 11 and a half point favorites I think that's where it ended up yeah I mean I wasn't surprised that Nebraska punched them early. I also wasn't surprised that Creighton came out sloppy against DePaul. That's kind of what I expected because a lot of games at DePaul go that way. Mm. And this particular Creighton team has a tendency to occasionally not come out super sharp. And coming off of a drubbing of Georgetown, you're kind of just – Probably overlooking them, trying to get to New York, trying to get to just get through the regular season. Obviously, this regular season hasn't gone how Creighton wanted it to go. So at this point, I think a while ago, once they had accumulated enough wins that they weren't worried about being on the bubble anymore, they just wanted to get it over with. They just wanted to get through the regular season and get on to the part of the year that could actually salvage the perception of how this year went now that you kind of know the schedule and the layout i want to go back to our six pack of questions last week mm -hmm. which i felt like were were fairly difficult i'm still thinking about a couple of them one i want i maybe want back the size one yeah yeah the quarterback size one yeah. i may want back if you weren't listening one of the six pack of questions brought to you by zipline brewery you can tell i love this endorsement thing right i can like weave them yeah in, you're so. just it's you're natural it's, i love it it's it's whatever but you know zipline zip line sponsors our six pack of questions that we do every week and i asked you would you rather take elite size and good athletic ability or you said good talent so good i was talent, talent. Yeah, talent no, that's, that's, you're right okay. talent okay. versus 
elite talent in average size. And I think the word average threw you off, mm-hmm. but as we looked at Bryce Young's measurements. Which is below average to me. Is so that the, fair? The weight was average. Yes. The height was below average. And what's weird is even though the weight was above average for his height, I still think it's average or below overall. Yeah. But for his height, But I good. didn't want, and I'm glad you made that distinction because mm-hmm. I didn't want the word average to think like, you know, mid. I yes. just meant average is in like normal size. Yes, the median, yeah. right? He still feels like he's very small framed to me, which is the part that I, Severe talked about this, and we didn't have time for me to push back on it. But that's the difference Lord between. Lord knows you like to push back. I really do. That's the difference for me between him and Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is built stocky. Yeah. I do not get that vibe from Bryce Young. Bryce Young is lean. So I think the thing with. Is that fair? Is that a yeah, fair distinction? I think the thing with apostrophe and, and Russell Westbrook was the motion. Wilson? Yeah, yeah. The over the top. No, and I get that. But the, my question to him wasn't so much about the height. Maybe I should have framed it better. Was the frame. His frame feels fragile is probably too much, but concerning. Okay. So, and that was one of the questions I went back. Yes, and that but one the, was really tough. But I thought this one was tough, and you answered it easily. Well, it's because I, 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 I don't trust I said Creighton was minus one and a half in conference, win, conference tournament wins mm-hmm. over Nebraska. And you took Nebraska. Mm-hmm. So... Because you're telling me Creighton has to win three games, has to get to the final. What if they if only had? To, so what any. if what if Minnesota ups? Uh, I think you'd call it a minor upset, up, especially a team sure. that's won five out of six and they just beat Minnesota. And they swept Minnesota this year, yeah. Although one of them was in overtime. If Minnesota, if Nebraska doesn't beat Minnesota, Creighton Cre- still has to get to the final. But they got to win two games though, right? But they have to beat Nova, who just drubbed them. And Nova's not going to get in the tournament short of winning the Big East. Correct. Yes, but they're playing good. Do you want to play them right now? Well, no. That's my point. If I'm if I'm Creighton, I don't. That's what I mean. Like I would have rather have gotten the UConn. Everybody else seems to not mind playing Villanova down the stretch, but I I want to say everybody else. They're playing pretty well. Yeah, but we were even giving them the benefit of the doubt even after the 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 loss or two, and we're like, oh, they're starting to get it going. It's not like they were running. They're a bad matchup for Creighton. Yeah. With Dixon, they're a bad matchup for Creighton. Were you, ha- were you at least happy that Kalkbrenner got the double-digit field goal attempts? It's about time, man. I need, I need that dude at 12 to 15 a game. He I don't got, know how that doesn't happen. He got the 12. I, don't, I know, but that's like a high for the year, I think. <laughs> that, that needs to be – we're talking about average. That needs to be his average, not the outlier. Hey, at what point is it our responsibility or are we messing it up as media – because, you know, Creighton, again, 8 of 21 from behind the arc. And I, I'll go all the way back to, like, week one, talking to Matty DeMarinas. Mm-hmm. This was, like, week two. And they only played, like, three or four games. And he was concerned about the bench. And so we were talking about style of play mm-hmm. and, and shooting. And he's like, you know, space and pace and they're a good shooting team. And I was like, well, are they? A good are they? Team? They're a streaky shooting And team. I kept saying that. Are they? They're a streaky team. Is, is Creighton a good team? shooting basketball team when I talk about from behind the arc. Not consistently. Yeah, I just don't think they, they are. They can have games where they will light you up. Yeah. Right? But if you're if you're an opposing team, and this is what Nebraska did, you have to say, yeah, beat us from behind the arc. If you could do that, you win today. If you don't, it's the same thing Creighton does to everybody. They pick a thing that they're willing to give up. And if I'm... Everybody not named Nimhard or Alexander was 2 of 10 from behind the arc. Yeah. If I'm a team playing Creighton, 
I say, hey, if you beat me from three, congratulations, you win today. Cockburner's not going to beat me. Alexander's not beating me to the rim. Nemhard's not beating me to the rim. You're not getting me on lobs. Kaluma's not getting me slashing. Like, if you can beat me from three today, congratulations, you're moving on. Can I ask you something about Kaluma? Because I was just getting ready to give him a ton of credit for bouncing back those next two games after being benched. Mm-hmm. And then we're kind of back to the one of six. Yep. Who's, who's of the two, who's been more of the enigma? Baylor Shireman or Arthur Kaluma? So I think Baylor because I expected more consistency out of Baylor. Really? Yes. Remember the preseason talk I about do. Kaluma? I do, but you're, you were anticipating a leap. Everyone was, right? You were anticipating a leap with Kaluma. Shireman had a pretty long track record at college basketball. I get it, Summit League versus Big East, but you would think there would be a level of consistency there that I haven't seen. With Kaluma, because of his style of play, I anticipated some up and down. Uh, Ravi Lula continuing to throw curveballs. I feel like I need to now scoot up in the box. But <laughs> then you get all testy, and I know I'm going to get a heater. You're getting some so I don't music. want to be crowding Throwing the plate. Throwing the music, baby. <laughs> Coming up, we're going to get a little peace and calm down with Brady Altman. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Welcome back. It is Coffee and Cream. Ravi Lula taking the number two. Actually, he's kind of like 1A because sometimes he controls the conversation, which is totally fine with your boy because I am a I'm I'm okay with being. You Batman. share well. You I'm, share well. I am okay with yeah. being Robin, but I'm going to the Batman of recruiting for Hale Varsity uh, as we get Brady Oltman's and his usual time slot this morning. Mr. Um, I love it because he's got a little creativity to his game, but he has the nice blend of pragmatic. Like, hey, I know I cover recruiting and some other sports. Let's not get over the top. My man, Brady Oldman's giving us perspective on a no manic Monday. Good morning, B. How are you? Oh, man. Uh, it, winter came back around. I wasn't quite ready for that after <laughs> yesterday. But <laughs> Hey, so, uh, gosh, there's so many places we're going to go. That's why I like that you have the big slot here at 9. Let me start with recruiting just because it comes natural. It's Dylan Rayola. <laughs> and you sometimes I know you just want to roll your chair back from the computer screen and be like, whoo, <laughs> <laughs> 17, 18-year-old kids. But now we see some crystal balls for SC. When they were crystal balls for Nebraska, we were, yep, silent commit. There are crystal balls for SC now, and one of them is Wilt Fong. And I'm like, ah, we know better. Like, where do you balance out the Dylan Rayola sweepstakes, sweepstakes, which is seems to be daily in terms of changing Hmm. oh it's it's tricky because and this one i think i'm kind of 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 two minds about it i mean wilt fong is he's in pretty good contact with the rayola family i mean he's a pretty reliable source of information with them they get back to him right away but also dylan kind of stays in close contact with lincoln riley i think they talk just about it yeah quite a bit 
So it's they've got a good relationship there, but also he just took a visit to USC and now's the time, you know, they're taking their visits and obviously uh, things are bright, fresh and energetic right after you come back from a visit. So I kind of temper, even if he came to Nebraska hypothetically last week and said, you know, crystal ball for Nebraska, cause he just loved it. Like you temper that because he just came off a visit kind of thing. Hmm. But um, it's still a big recruiting month. Um, he's going to go to Georgia and then he's going to come to Nebraska, you know, um, in all, a little over, uh, two weeks now so it's it's just going to be that time and I think you're I wouldn't be surprised if we see crystal balls for every team on his big board flying out there before he makes a commitment I, I asked uh I think it was Mitch Sherman probably about three or four weeks ago I said hey wh- how much will it matter that who swings last who has the last at bat I kind of I'm one now I'm thinking about it a different way because I saw the tweets you know, he's tweeted that Georgia recruits. He's hashtag go dogs. He gets the emoji. That's the same time that he's in Southern California. But I don't – I'm not blown away by that because he's there three times a week anyway, right? So I'm not – that doesn't – I understand context. But there's still this whole Georgia thing. If, if, if it's recency bias, Brady, can anything really change dramatically from March 25th to when he was just here last weekend visiting his uncle? Because I think you get a better picture outside of junior day. It's the day-to-day that gives you mm-hmm. the better picture. He maybe has seen the best Nebraska has to offer because it was just about him. No, I think you're right there. Uh, and I think the rural coaching staff and their recruiting mindset is a little bit, is a little bit more, hey, we're here for you day-to-day. You know, We're not just going to throw Spot on. Pay att- Pay attention to you for the parties. We're going to be here every single day for you. I think maybe what does the VIP Junior Day a little bit more solid for Nebraska is Dylan was here, uh, I guess, two weeks ago now or just over a week ago now. And so you get him on the front end there, and then you get him again in Nebraska on the back end after visits to USC and Georgia. So he can really kind of sandwich expectations of the the little bit more intimate me time one-on-one versus here with these other high-profile five-star, four-star recruits that come into Lincoln on the junior day. So it's it's really kind of a, a two-way approach, but all of it's based on that kind of personal one-on-one relationship-building uh, thing that the rural coaches have really stresses in those visits. Brady, I know we talk about Dylan almost exclusively in the class of 2024, at least seemingly recently, but big picture, we've – talked a lot about how the class would look with him if he ends up at SC or Georgia or wherever what are your expectations for the 2024 class if it does not include Dylan Rayola I think that the big differences are Dylan immediately gives you validation on a national scale Mm -hmm. Um, he changes the perception of the Nebraska program to a lot of recruits I know that talking with the vast majority of their head coaches Nebraska still means a lot to them, but to the recruits themselves, I think it, it makes you, it gives you a huge stamp of approval. Whereas if hypothetically he were not to commit you, I know Nebraska is still looking at some recruits and some quarterbacks that they really like. Um, I think that they'd be happy getting those recruits still, but I think that, and you might still be able to get in some of those big time recruits, those four stars that you, you try to bring in for the junior day or even outside of that. It just kind of, I, 
the impression I get is that if you don't get rail at this point, there is some kind of wind out of the sails, at least in the temperament of fans. It's interesting. You know, I, I listen to a lot of Nebraska fans. Not, not a lot. I don't want to be um, misleading. But, hey, you know, um, he's talked to this top 100 recruit. Obviously, I know the McMorris family really, really well. And, well, hey, you know, he's reached out to Isaiah. Or, hey, he's reached out to, to, to D. Hall, who I know pretty well. Um, let me talk about the other guys, though, because I think – Context matters, and I'll just say this. I think a guy saying, hey, you need to check out Nebraska is different than, hey, meet me at the finish line at Nebraska, right, if you know what I mean. Like, I think he could clearly say to to, to Isaiah, hey, listen, man, you know, you need to really take a look at Nebraska. This and this and this is what they do. Mm-hmm. The reports may be, hey, he's recruiting for Nebraska. If you're guys like McMorris or Hall, and, and I think – McMorris may – this is – I don't even know if I want to say this out loud. He may have a little bit more upside just because of his frame and he's not quite as polished as Hall, who's mm-hmm. a big, strong, older kid. Um, when you look at what else is going on around Rayola, how important will that be for Nebraska in terms of their image if we just talk in-state 2024s? Well, I think the, the rule coaching staff is really good. This is one thing I'll credit them entirely on. And Matt Rule kind of mentioned this in his uh, signing day press conference that he had with us at the end was congratulating every single kid in the state of Nebraska who signed on and went to play college football, even if it was, you know, D1 to Nebraska or Iowa State, all the way down to the NAIA ranks, divisions two, three, everything in between, because it's a big deal. Not very many people get to play college football on any level. It's hard. And, <laughs> and, 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 and I think I can't remember the exact tweet, but there were a couple. I saw, you know, Rule would like some tweets about in-state kids, you know, going to Nebraska Kearney or going somewhere else. And I think the Rule coaching staff is a, a really good job of reaching out and they want the best for the in-state kids. Uh, obviously, they want the ones that they want to come to Nebraska, but they – I think they're taking the approach that a rising tide, you know, raises all boats and they want the best for the kids in the long term. And ultimately, if that's to come to Nebraska, they're all for it. But it's it's a way to to kind of boost everybody else up and get everybody around. Now, obviously, with with Isaiah and and Davon, they want them like this. Make no mistake. They want to bring those guys in. A guy like Carter Nelson, they want to bring in. Um, I think I've said this before, you know, Danny Kalen is just has, they want to bring him in, but he just has the unfortunate circumstance of being in this particular class with that one particular recruit, you know, from Arizona in town. So it's just, I think it's a way that they've got to, they got to be able to juggle it, but also they've, they've got a couple of months behind them. By the time this recruiting class closes, they'll have an entire football season behind them and almost an entire calendar year as a coaching staff together. I think at that point, the cohesive vision amongst themselves and to recruits will be conveyed. And I think you have a little um, proof of concept to show the recruits. Brady, I'm glad you brought up Kalen because I I was wondering, it's a very strange dynamic between him being an in-state kid, but you've got this legacy best player in the country at his same position. Uh, how, How do you think they're doing in terms of balancing showing Kalen that he is wanted and that he's, 
you know, basically doing all the things that the previous staff didn't do with Zane Flores, but also with the understanding of, hey, this you're not our first choice at this position. Like, how does that work? I, this coaching staff is really good about being up front with kids and not trying to sell them a false bag of goods. Mm. I mean, they're, they're going to be very transparent with the recruits. They're going to be very open and honest in communicating their visions for if they were to come to the program or even just, hey, we, we want you here, but kind of thing. And I think that there's – there's a certain attention that they're still pay, you know, paying to Danny. Um, from my understanding, there's still a lot of, hey, we would like you, we would like to bring you in, but we've got this whole other thing going on versus, I mean, he's getting attention from Miami and the ACC and even on the West Coast. I mean, he's becoming kind of a, a national commodity. And I think it'd be naive to think that those other schools aren't looking at Nebraska's recruitment for Rayola and saying, okay, we can make inroads with Danny Kaline mm-hmm. and, and, come in and potentially, you know, get this budding three-star, a, a high-end three-star caliber kid from Nebraska and, and bring him over uh, while Nebraska's in pursuit of, you know, the, the shiny diamond five-star plus. Yeah, and I think there's a couple guys in this class, I think, whose star rankings will change over the next handful of months, too. So, but let me let me validate you here just for a second because you said something earlier, and I think if we're just kind of listening without really, or if we're just hearing without really listening, you said, "Hey, listen, there's something different about these junior day work weekends versus the personal day to day approach." I just heard a coach Friday night, um, and my son was smart enough to get it off Bluetooth. Um, <laughs> we're they're talking, and so I asked. I asked what happened after, and he said, hey, listen, you know, nothing official, but it's, they talked more about the day-to-day, stop in at practice, come see Matt Drills, get us on an odd day. Mm-hmm. And the quote was, junior days are cool, but the magic happens in the day-to-day. So when you said that early, we, we haven't talked. You can vouch for that. It's not like I said, hey, Brady, this is what they said. So I'm trying to figure out where you got the ins- kind of the feel that it was the day-to-day on how they do business mm. and not just the one day rolling out the red carpet experience. Well, it's I think it's from talking with a couple of the the high school coaches who have, you know, a couple of them have got a chance to talk to some of the recruits. Sometimes I'll exchange a, a tweet or a DM or something with the recruit or just congratulating them on a visit or something. And they'll say, you know, something like, thanks, like it was wild, you know, kind of thing. But also there's, there's a certain, I think immediate, a part of the immediate culture shift with Matt Rule and his coaching staff is stressing um, I, th- I think Mark Manning, Nebraska's wrestling coach, was in. You know, at, at yeah, Houston last week. Yeah, and says I, I cheered them. Brady. I cheered my brains out. Two of my favorite people on campus right now, <laughs> in Rule and Coach Manning. Well, and, and and Coach Manning said, "Fall in love with the process." You know, this is what it's about. Go for it. And I think if if you love what you're doing, and if you love that grueling work, it doesn't become the grueling work anymore. And I think that's it's part of what made Matt rule so successful in the, the shift at temple and then completely making sure that Baylor didn't go in the ground after all that happened to it, after a, a fairly successful art Bryles run that ultimately, you know, ended in the way that it did. 
there's a reason why he's become the turnaround artist and the guy who does that. And it starts with those little shifts in culture that you're starting to see now in Nebraska. Brady, we're talking about the day-to-day in the process and using that as a recruiting pitch. How different is that, not just from the previous staff, but you talk to a lot of recruits. They experience a lot of different coaching staffs around the country. Is that fairly unique around the country as well? I, like, I'm, I guess I'm not. What's the frame of reference for that being a <laughs> Yeah, Brady, how often are you inviting people to your house on a Monday and a Tuesday at 9 a.m. versus when you prepare to have company, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. it's, it's kind of like um, if you've got dishes in the sink, how many people are going to say, <laughs> hey, you know, come on, just swing on by kind of sure. thing. Yeah. I mean, it, that's, that's kind of what it is because there's, there's I would say – a decent amount of coaching staffs in the country will say, Hey, you know, come on in this weekend or we're planning up this big thing and getting y'all in there. Whereas a very, uh, I would say a far fewer amount of coaches are willing to say, Hey, do you got time tomorrow night? You know, come on by. Completely agree. We're going to, we're going to be here. You know where to find us. Like, come on in. We don't care if, if we're just in sweats or anything like that, we're not dressed up for you. You're going to, we're going to be like this when you come here now or, you know, three years in the future when you're at class and a, you know, a two year role player, I think it's just breaking down those boundaries and saying, Hey, we're, we're people too. Um, if you want to come in here, it doesn't matter what time doors always open. Yeah, you guys got to ask yourself, cause even I'm, I'm going through this real time from a different perspective, right? Obviously working for the network is different. Mm-hmm. That's the fanboy kind of thing, right? When, when it's somebody in your household and you're listening, it's different. So I'm, li- I'm, I'm gauging opinions, but when when somebody can say to you, "Hey, listen, you know, come anytime. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't don't wait for the standard invite. Drop on in because watching us interact with our players on the day to day is where the real magic happens. How rare or how refreshing is it? I guess mm-hmm. you would I would say that you're trusting that no prep time. Just come watch us." You'll be blown away. That's basically what they're saying when they say, you don't need a standing invite. Come on over. Mm-hmm. Watch us with the guys. Like, you have to feel pretty secure. If I said, hey, Brady, I don't really know you from a hole in the wall. Come on by any time. My house better be in order. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's how you know what they say they're about is what they're actually about, right? I was – I oh, I had to kind of pause at the stoplights the other night because – he really didn't want to go to the March 25th originally because he felt like it would be pomp and circumstance. Now, they said a couple of things later on, and he's like, okay, I'm coming on the 25th. <laughs> but I, I think you do have to guard against that. Yeah, I mean, I, I was just talking with uh, Darren Flint, um, you know, father of, of Ian Flint. I don't think he'd mind me saying this. Um, I talked to him last week, and his, his daughter throwing at Nebraska kind of is also – I don't want to say moonlighting, but also working in the Nebraska football staff, kind of in the recruiting part. And he's like, you know, we have an idea of what to expect. You know, we've like, we've, we know these kinds of people from just her interactions with the coaching staff and it like, so we know the kind of people they are. That person is exactly who we see when Ian, you know, goes up to visit and the exact same person when we call and talk to him or anything like that, there's no, you know, fast, there, there's no image that they're trying to project. You're the exact same person to a recruiting staffer, to a recruit, to a recruit's parents all across the board, rather than, you know, rather than just put up for pomp and circumstance with this coaching staff. A lot of these kids are finding out 
this this staff is the same thing on Monday morning as they are on Friday night, Saturday night, afternoon, trying to get you in the door. One hundred percent. Do you think uh, this? I guess I'm kind of taking a leap here on the question, but and feel free to be like, I have no idea, Robbie. Just get on my face with that. But do you think that's part of the reason why this staff in particular seems so much more comfortable being out in public all the time because they're not? It, it seemed like the last staff was not a super personable staff. Is that a reasonable? Uh, maybe at least authentic in public. I think they were good when it, they were in their own element. Sure. But maybe a little uncomfortable outside of the kitchen if Whereas, as a chef. Might is say. this kind of the same quality that we see with the recruits we're talking about where, you know, Matt Rule, I mean, we talked to Dr. Elza last week. They're just out there. Hey, she was unreal. Being who they are. Like, is that is that the same thing we're seeing where it's just like, hey, you can see us anytime, anyplace, and this is what we're about? I. I think it's a pointed, it's a it's a moment of pointed concentration for this coaching staff. Um, it's also highlighted in I think Rule had mentioned it in one of his you know um, his introductory speeches of saying we want to be part of the community, we want to be part of being here. One of the things that they've implemented um, uh, uh, right before competition week gets going for their winter conditioning to end it this week is they you know they're building up teams. Part of that is going to different events, building up points, taking selfies, and you know showing that we had three guys on our team at uh, this tennis match or at the basketball game, and then you win points for your team. I can tell you yesterday when I stopped by the, you know, the soccer trifecta at Hawks, you know, you Bless had, your heart. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I couldn't get a great view because, they, you know, they're up on the balcony and everything, but it was still great. And, you know, Teddy Prohaska, Malcolm Hartzog, Anthony Grant, all those guys were there, and, you know, you'd see them taking a picture and sending it to coach to say, hey, we're here, we're getting some points. Part of that is like because they want to be involved in the community. They want to be involved in other sports. They don't want to be just, you know, the Nebraska football team, which I think understandably so you are like on the highest, you know, level of celebrity if you're a Nebraska football player in the state. Mm-hmm. They want to break down that that barrier and those boundaries and, you know, cut out the the risers from underneath you and say, No, we're all just Nebraska here and there's we're not gonna be celebrities we're going to you know, be among the people at, at any given point. Talking with Brady Oltmans from Hale Varsity, who's covering all things. Uh, you just got a hint of his versatility as he just dabbled in, in women's soccer, which is I'm near, it's, I'm, it's near and dear in my heart. Let me, let me end with this, Brady. We got about three minutes here. I, think, I, just, I want to validate what you're doing because I think you're spot on when you talk about this, this, this bigger than self, I want to be a part of this, because I think our listeners need to hear clearly. It's not even just about always getting the points for competitiveness. It's, number one, being competitive and understanding that you're part of a bigger picture. And if you want to be really good, I don't care if it's private sector, teams, whatever, you have to kind of be selfless and understand that it's bigger than you while being competitive. I don't know what the formula is to mesh those two things. I just know when it happens. Like when I can cheer for Lawrence, even though it's at my expense, you give yourself a chance. That seems to be what they're building for in terms of just natural responses. Yeah, again, Matt Rule has turned around successes or fortunes for football programs in the past. That's what he's made his bread and butter on. Part of that is exactly what he's doing now. And because the games that they're playing now or even the games that they're playing in the spring don't directly contribute to wins and losses, you know, on the on the overall record, 
these are the daily things that they do to implement change and build that culture and do the exact same things that he said that they were going to do in the fall. And that's one thing that I've learned from calling people from here to Texas to Timbuktu about Matt, about Matt Rule <laughs> is that he, he does exactly what he says he's going to do. Yeah. And in every little bit of the culture change and establishing that culture that he said he was going to do, you know, back just after Thanksgiving in the Hawk Center is exactly what you're starting to see play out right now. Uh, you have no idea how right you are in this this segment, Brady. I'm I'm blown away, but that's why we wanted to have you as a weekly guest. That's right. So, appreciate your time, man, and uh, good luck. I should say best wishes covering all that's going to happen here in the next two months. It's going to be a whirlwind. I'm going to get my seatbelt ready on my desk so I can uh, <laughs> make sure I don't fall off my chair here in a while. I appreciate <laughs> you. Thanks. That's Brady Oltmans from Hale Varsity. I'm going to validate him one more time, and I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read the, the text from okay. Coach Rule when he said, uh, just kind of going back and forth, and he's, I'm just scrolling, and he said, uh, hey, look. <laughs> love me or not go back to the opening day press conference when i was at your stadium i've been who i said i was going to be since i got here i think it goes a lot further back <laughs> hey that. isn't that weird that because brady just said like feels like he's been who he said he was going to be for a while now uh, not just in nebraska it seems like this is who he is my man told me to go back to the presser and do some fact checking Okay, bud. I mean, I keep going back, and it <laughs> keeps checking out. I'm in. Coming back with my man, Robbie. Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Key across midcourt to the right wing. Drives to the basket. Reverse layup. He missed it. And that's your ball game. Welcome back. Fantastic time of the year. It is March, and it is utter madness. Love the bump music, Shane. This is a good bump. I like I th- that. It, it might be Drew Down's guy. Like, I think Andrew has a buddy that loves to do, like, like music samples yeah, and yeah. stuff. Okay. We're still trying to figure out the licensing, but. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about that. Hey, can you imagine if if we do figure that out and we use, like, music like Me real music? music, yeah, yeah, be tough for your boy. We may never get a segment done. <laughs> <laughs> you do like to sing. People well, are, I, I, so people don't realize that about you. I have a couple of different learning styles: memorization, yeah, the analogies, mm-hmm. and music. Oh, okay. I, I can relate okay. difficult concepts to one of those three things. Okay, blinded by the light. That too. <laughs> I don't even know how many of those I have. Oh, a but million. He has a, he has a ton. There's got to be a million. I hate when he does that. No, we've it done. We, me up the wall. We've had. We've done the Howie Day thing before. <laughs> let's, let's, it's a no, no. Let's move. Let's, no, cha- no, no, no. Let's let's move on to the to the next one. Right. I did keep. Okay, let's simmer down. You may have done that more than once. I don't know. (laughs) Time time the freak out. Like, are we? Is this what we're doing? Right here. Listen, it's your guy. It's your guy, man. Is it that funny though? Like, 
unbelievable. No, it's just the it's just that for whatever reason you doing the just kills hey, me. Hey, Shane, do you have the Keith Urban one? That one just kills me. I don't know why. Somebody was making fun of me about not knowing any country music, and I was like, "Oh, I like a few country songs. You know, I like Keith Urban," and and they didn't believe that I knew who Keith Urban was, so I did like a. I'll little, have to. I'll have I to did like those. a little snippet. It was God. Yeah. It was God. Show. No, I don't know any country. I music mean, it either. was so bad. I don't. But I really thought I was vibing because for like fifteen or twenty years, yeah. When I do most of my singing in the shower, yeah. like the water kind of garbles you. I have my Bluetooth speaker, yeah. so. So you think I you're just cr- killing it? Yeah. 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 No, I'm, I know what that's I, like. I'm Alicia Keys. It's like when you're, you know, you got a little buzz on. Yeah. And you're like at a place that's kind of loud. If I ever had a buzz in the shower. <laughs> you're not a shower beer guy? <laughs> <laughs> I need help. <laughs> help me. Uh, no, there is a. I did fall asleep in the shower on my 21st birthday, though. Well, that's understandable. It's about 1230 in the morning. Anything that happens pre-25 doesn't count yeah. against you, I don't think. How about. How about Dumas just putting me in the shower, like, dressed? <laughs> like, I mean, who, that's a choice. What roommate does that? That's a choice. <laughs> He's like, yeah, have some water. Just cool off, big guy. Uh, no, there's uh yeah, no, when you're, when you're, like, listening to music loud, maybe you got a little buzz, like, you think you're the best singer in the world. Yeah. So I always wonder, have you ever been the guy that's, like, driving and, you're just doing your own thing in your car. Absolutely. Yeah. So I've seen the greatest singers ever in their car, mm-hmm. and I've seen the nose picking. So those are two things that I think people are consumed with in their vehicle yeah. and not understanding situational awareness. So it's kind of like when we're when we're doing this, right? Yeah. Because we're it's you, me, and Shane. That's it. Nobody else is That's here. That's it. Sometimes I forget we're talking to people. Oh, I did that last week i said some things i probably should like a lot like i forget that's why i'm so relaxed up here people are like just a tip shane (laughs) people are like don't you get nervous i was like no i'm just talking to db yeah sometimes i do not get nervous sometimes you feel like (laughs) you get a little loose this is on and if you're doing it right like that's how radio should be it's just you're just having conversations but i think a lot of people do the same thing in their car like even though they've got windows all around them like, even though I've got a microphone and in my And they're not, face, like, 33% tent? Yes. And they're, like, constantly getting knuckled they deep. Just, and I'm like, yeah, they're like digging stop for gold. picking your nose in public. But they forget that people can see them in their car. We were leaving the Iowa's Fieldhouse, and Caleb, he was in the passenger seat, and we were driving, and there was this white Cherokee. And he kind of, you know, wobbled a little bit, but it's... 12 o'clock in yeah. the daytime. You don't think anything of it, even yeah. though people can drink whenever they want to. Sure. So I finally go around. He's in the left lane. I go around the right lane, and we had just seen the Omar Scanner Road Rage thing, so I was Operation Chill Mode, okay. especially with my kid in the car. We looked over. My man was getting it like he was in studio. I mean, bobbing his head, <laughs> and he was driving, and he was moving along to the music. See, I don't understand I was, how people dance And I was driving. just like... I don't understand the dancing. And let up on the steering wheel if you're going to be doing all yeah, the you gotta have a loose grips, man, because the, the Cherokee was all over the yeah, place. Yeah, you got to have a loose grip. And all he was doing was vibing with the music. <laughs> Caleb was like, man, Dad, he's getting it, isn't he? And I was like, yeah, it was driving me crazy, so we're just going to get out on You around. can't be white knuckling if you're getting like the shoulders and hips into oh, it because then the car goes with you. People forget I, that. I think he thought he was at the club. <laughs> Like, I'll get after it singing in the car. I'm not dancing, though, because you got to keep... <laughs> he's just like... He's, 
You got to keep, let's all do some head, some head movements, you know what I'm saying? Like boom, bobbing, boom, bobbing. But you can't go, it's like when you're shooting a basketball, yeah. everything else can move, but hips, shoulders, yeah, got to stay square. Stay, stay square. You got to stay square stay, with your steering wheel, otherwise we're going to have problems. Stay square, as we just heard Shane come back from the highlights. Auburn upsets Tennessee. Uh, apparently Rutgers is not interested in, in being a good basketball team. Doing. Michigan. Uh, Maryland. North Carolina. Well, I mean, like what? So we, we, okay, hold, let's go North wait, Carolina. Can we go North Carolina? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Pro, yeah, yeah. So I'm let's a, go North Carolina. Okay. I want to go big picture North Carolina here because is Penn State in? By the way, maybe one more. I think. Give me I, one more. I think Penn State is in. I, if I, I probably, but if if you're them, you feel a lot better with one more, right? Is Arizona State in? I think so. I do too. I think they've got enough. What about Wisconsin? I don't think so. See, I think they're in. Do you? I think. They might be. I don't know. That's the that's the one where I I, I don't know. Let me. They've give, had some. Let me give you one more. Okay. Nevada. Probably not. They had a bad loss this weekend. That that was a tough one. So Carolina's out right now. Michigan yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, Villanova out. Yeah. Villanova has to win the whole thing. Um, Okie State. Ooh, I I'd have to look closer at their resume. My gut. One, one more. My gut tells me no on Okie State. Rutgers. I think Rutgers is in. See, I think Rutgers is out. Do you? I, is that recency bias, though? Because I get they're not playing good right now. Oh, uh, they wet the bed. No, yeah, they're 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 dribbling down their leg for sure. <laughs> yeah, like, but I, like I think I, the overall they tell us I don't I don't necessarily believe them. They tell us they oh look at whole body of work, not last ten. Yeah. Do you whole funny. body of work? I think they're in. The first time I said that to to Coach Frank, actually, I think I coined it. With Coach Martin, mm-hmm. I made it a regular part of my vocab. With Coach Frank, I say it to Coach Smudge. Well, what in the bed? Because I yeah. I know that there's pl- I've just seen these kids forever. Yeah, I know that regardless of what the public thinks, I know bedwetters when we play against them. Oh, 100 percent. Because I've seen it. Yeah. since they've been in the fifth or sixth grade. Conversely, I also know that guy's gonna find a way to win. Yeah, because he always you know the does dudes. right. Yeah, yeah. So when I say bedwetters, I that's. People are like, oh, Bidwitter. That's just what I mean. Like when it's when it's nut cutting time, yeah. it's like you're gonna find a way to have to clean the sheets. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I know exactly what you mean. That reminds that seems like Michigan. <sighs> what, bedwetters? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So does there are you trying to factor in their health or no? I don't think their resume is strong enough independently of that. So Clemson's out then? Yeah. yeah Carolina so so Clemson, Carolina, yeah. Michigan. So let me hold on. As you're thinking, let me ask you about Carolina, okay? Yeah. Are you surprised at all that this year went the way it did? Because no. I'm not. No. Because last year felt fluky. Hey, so right. The run last year felt fluky. So our boy C Hap, yeah, laughed me out of existence over me not wanting to embrace Carolina being the number one ranked team in the country. I don't. Year. I didn't get that at all. I'm like, listen, I didn't fellas, get it at all. They're not good. No, 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 no. They're not good. They, they last year, the they, they caught lightning in a bottle. Yes, the outlier was the NCAA tournament yeah. run, not the rest of it, because yeah. they were they were a bubble team last year yeah. until late February, yeah, mid February at least. I'm not surprised. Now, did I think they'd miss the tournament? No, no. But did I think they? But were number one overall team in the country? Absolutely not. Not, not a chance. That that was the thing to me. I couldn't believe that people got so enamored with that March run last year, that they couldn't see all the flaws that they had last year and that were coming back this year. They Who's, didn't fix any of those no, things. I'm with you. 
Still can't shoot. And her shot selection is bad. Who's the that's better? That's a bad combo, by the way. If you can't shoot and you have bad shot selection, that's a double whammy. Who's the best team between Kansas, Baylor, and dare I say Texas? I trust Kansas the most in March. So Kansas will probably be on the one line. Yes, the other two, the other two won't be. Are Baylor and Texas twos? I think so. I think that's right. Uh, we got to finish this up with Mike DeCourcy because this is going to be kind of hectic. Oh, it's going to be really hectic. Is this, this is going to be a weird week. Is this one of those things where we're like, oh, we always say bubble, bubble this, bubble that, but it'll be chalky at the end? Or we I mean, still it's bubbling? always chalky at the end. It's the first, like, two, three rounds that you got to worry. Maybe different. That's Ravi. Mike DeCourcy up next. and Crane with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. We're tied at 65, nine seconds to go. Jamal Shedd into the front court with six. Jamal Shedd with four. Jamal Shedd top of the arc with three. Shedd, the jumper for the win. It's good! Jamal Shedd with the winner at the buzzer. Rebound to Bufkin. He brings it up the floor, half court, throws it away. Indiana's going to win it. Indiana wins! Ah, one of my favorite segments just because it's not just because he's a Steelers fan. It's because uh, as a former BTN guy, you better ask good questions or this guy will eat you up because he's a straight shooter. Uh, One of my favorites from the Sporting News, Mike DeCourcy, joining us on Coffee and Cream. Mike, good morning. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? So so I'm, I'm curious because I asked Ravi going out of the break. I said, hey. Every year we talk about, oh, the bubble is soft or the bubble is this. And Mm. at the end, we always want chalk. Is this kind of the first time in a long time where you don't feel good about chalk on the second weekend? Or you think eventually it sorts itself out? Well, it always could sort sort itself out. But what it reminds me of is the 2014 season. In 2014, Arizona went through two and a half, three months of the season with an undefeated record. They got to somewhere around 20 and 0. And then in the 21st game, maybe, the Arizona Wildcats went to the Bay Area and they played, I believe it was at Cal. Cal. And Brandon Ashley, a power forward for the, for the Wildcats, broke his foot and he was done for the year. Hmm. And they went from being the one great team in the country to just a really, really good team. And they wound up losing the Elite Eight in overtime to Wisconsin. And so what we were really left with that year was a lot of very good teams. And that's what we have this year. It's just not that 2015, the year later, we had four great teams, and one of them was going to win the championship. And the one that did happen to be Duke, we don't have that now. It's, we're not even close to that. And I don't think we're even really all that close to a year ago when we had guys like Bancaro at Duke and we had the terrific Kansas team. There were some really extraordinary teams that were out there. I don't think we have that this year. We, we have some very, very good teams. And one of the, somebody's going to win the championship. But would it shock me if we had a 7 and an 8 seed playing the championship game like we did in 2014? It would not. 
Mike, you mentioned, okay, so maybe we have a 7 and 8 seed playing in the that championship That may be like Michigan game. State or somebody. I was going to say, <laughs> is there a team that you're looking at in that range that you, that you see, hey, this team, if they start getting it right, I mean, I know at different points in the year, Arkansas looking, re- looked really good. They've got some NBA high-quality talent. You've got – you know, the pedigree Illinois, with Duke. Michigan State. You mentioned Michigan State and Duke. Are there some teams in that, like, six to nine range that you're looking at? Yeah, the, I could kind of see them making a run to the Final Four, maybe beyond. Well, I don't mean to pander, but I'm sure your audience will appreciate it. <laughs> I, I've looked at Creighton all year as a team that has that ability, mm-hmm. and I don't know why they haven't hit it as often as they need to, uh, but it's still there for them. I mean, they've got a tremendous point guard. They've got a great center. They've got multiple wings who can hit from three. They've got uh, guys who can get the ball into the lane, Kaluma. It's it's a really good team, and I can't tell you why they – I understand why they struggled early because of Ryan's sickness, mm-hmm. but I don't know why they still have a game like the Villanova game. Uh, that sort of thing. It's it's not an embarrassing performance, but the team that wins the national championship can't have games like that. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at maybe the potential sixes and Northwestern's in there, Creighton's in there, Kentucky Duke. So just say that out loud, right? <laughs> Kentucky and Duke kind of in that that five six top half of seven seed line. Let me ask you about Northwestern just because we're right there both. Uh, doing work with with the Big Ten Network. When you look at Audige and Boo Booey and this backcourt, we know it's a guard-driven league. Pickett and some others get all the headlines. But how quiet good is this tandem in the backcourt in Evanston? Well, at their best, they're fantastic. We haven't seen Chase's best on a regular basis for a while. He's still an exceptional defender. But he's been struggling with his shot for a little while and, and, and has at times forced some action. It, Boo Booey has had a magnificent season, and I voted for him. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it or not, but what the heck, I didn't get paid for it, so I will say it. <laughs> uh, I, I voted for him for first-team All-Big Ten with the AP. I think he definitely deserves it. He had a magnificent year. And I, I said this on the air last night on Big Ten Basketball and Beyond, that in – I've been, in, I've been at BTN for 14 seasons, and I've never seen a player progress from, from a, a standpoint of how he plays the game, the maturity, the understanding, the, the uh, command he has on the floor. I've never seen a player advance as much as Boo Booey has at Northwestern. Mike, I asked Damon this because he's a UNC guy, but what is your level of surprise that – a team that was preseason number one, was the national runner-up last year, is currently on the outside looking in of the NCAA tournament bubble. Yeah, I mean, I thought there was every reason for them to be very good again. And I knew that there were issues last year that led to them not being great all year long, mm-hmm. but I thought that they were resolved. When you know, this, was, this was not a fluke that got them to the final four. They played exceptional basketball and they mm-hmm. beat very good teams from Baylor in the second round, all the way through Duke in the final four. I, I thought that they would resolve a lot of that. And then when they started slowly this year, I know that part of it was depth problems. They, they didn't have a lot of depth. They were injured and or developing. 
And then I also thought there would be a little element of understanding or at least suspicion among the players that, well, we didn't really get going last year until March, so we'll be fine. Mm. And I, I don't know if they if they really were thinking that, but if they were ever going to turn it on, I mean, they've got four days left, right? they got to do it this week or it's over. Mm. Mike, at their peak, who do you like? Because I think they both have some room for growth. Michigan State or Illinois? Oh, at the peak, Illinois. But finding that peak is, I mean, it's, if they if you if you played seven days in a row, they'd probably hit the peak one and a half days. I mean, that's, they are just they're just the most uh, difficult team to understand that I've seen this season. And and I've talked to people around the game, and they all feel the same. I mean, I'm not saying everybody I've talked to, not everybody in the game, but I've I've just encountered that sentiment from so many different people that you just can't understand why they aren't more consistent. Uh, Michigan State, I, I'm, I can rely on them. I know exactly what they'll be up to uh, whether or not they'll make jump shots on that day. And lately, most of the days, they have made those shots. Uh, Mike, I want to go back to the Big East real quick. Kind of the, the leader from mostly day one was has been Marquette, even though they were picked ninth to start the year. When you look at them, what is the hole in their in their team that you look at and say, ah, yeah, they might be a three seed, maybe even a two if things break their way. But this is the thing about Marquette that I'm worried about in March. Well, I think eventually just the fact that they probably don't have the high-end NBA talent hmm. probably costs them. I mean, when you get up to the two and three line, most of those teams have a pro or multiple pros and maybe a first-round pick. And I think Igadaro has a chance to play in the league without a doubt, and maybe Tyler Kolick eventually does too, uh, because he's 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 such a he's such an efficient player. He, he has such an un, unbelievable understanding of how to play. And the two of them, both Igadaro and Kolick, I mean, together they are really hard to defend because they both pass the ball so well. So they'll both probably play in the league, but they don't they don't have the first round pick that everybody's looking for that usually leads to Final Fours and 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 deep runs in the NCAA tournament. So I don't think that there's a real problem with that team. I just think that eventually, and, may, and maybe it happens in the Final Four, but eventually they'll be, get out-talented by somebody. Um, let me go back to the upside question, because I've liked them all year, and maybe I just hear what I want to speak into existence. But I think, you know, a healthy Xavier Johnson and, and Hood Shafino would have been a nice, especially to go with, the front court, but I think Indiana has the makings, especially if cops making threes, they have the makings of a problem child. Do you like Indiana in a stretch run on like short prep? I do, but they do get into frustrating stretches like they did yesterday. They turned the ball over. They were absolutely Mm. dominant for a while. And then they did turn it over a little bit, but more so it was the fact that they weren't defending at at a high level. And they can be a very solid defensive team. I don't know about elite, but they can be very solid. And yesterday, for most of the second half, they were not. And then late in the, late in the second half, they tightened it up, and they were able to, to get through that game in overtime. But I, I don't know if the defense is quite good enough. Again, you can, make a, you can make a Final Four run with flaws. You just can't win a championship with them. Eventually, they get you. The, those last two games, I, 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 uh, they're like my, two Mount Everest. And eventually, you're not going to be able to get all the way to the top. 
Mike, we got just under a minute here left with you. Is there a team that's currently on the wrong side of the bubble that you look at and say, yeah, they probably deserve a chance at the big dance? At this point, no. Because I, 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 if, if I thought they deserved it or warranted it, I'd have them in. Uh, I thought you may say so, Rutgers. Rutgers? Yeah. Well, they're on the right side right now. Uh, so um, so I, would, I wouldn't include them in the conversation. The teams that are on the outside for me are teams like Arizona State, uh, I'm trying Carolina, Nevada, Utah State, Michigan. They've all had chances, or mm. or haven't. You know, in the case of the high major schools, or they haven't been dominant enough. In the case of someone coming out of the uh, Mountain West, so I, I don't. I, I think that like if um, if College of Charleston were to lose in the Colonial Championship, I think I'd feel bad about that one because mm. they'd be looking at twenty eight and four somewhere around there, and and I. I think they probably would not get in, but that would be a team I would feel badly for. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down to Wisconsin needing to win one. Oh, definitely up, especially since it's against Ohio State, uh, mm. sub-500 team. Mike, never disappoint, man. So good at what you do. I appreciate <laughs> any time we get a chance to, to chop it up with you. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. That's Mike DeCourcy from... College Sporting News and BTN and my man Ravi Lulo. We're going to do this again tomorrow. Yes, sir. Same bat time, same bat <laughs> channel. More parking jobs and more. It's coffee and cream. <laughs>